0: Up somebody <laughs> all right so best we can do again yeah there you go pop the top like this thing episode number 311 of the cleveland moto pod pod podcast that's a uh, max
1: headroom there <laughs> that's
0: just uh, this is bourbon with just a hint of uh, um, orange curacao uh, in it and uh that's good that works, and then a little bit of that Pope's uh, Habanero Orange uh, Syrup. So that's well, b- before you got on. I was telling the guys about um, that Polish juice that's 196 percent alcohol. <laughs> Whatever that stuff. When he told me to go upstairs and get that, I knew exactly what the fuck he was talking about. And that happens at that bar. Is like you're having a good time and everybody's just doing their thing, and then Steph's like, "Go get that." The, go get the the ones with the green caps, and I was like, I think I know where this is headed because you because you said you were Polish, and as soon as you said you were Polish, yeah. and Steph was like, oh well, since you're Polish, let me go and bring on the Polish lighter fluid and <laughs> remind the public that proof is twice percentage. Right, it's very simple. It's not like a science or anything. If something is a hundred proof, it's fifty percent. See. It almost I, makes the proofing thing irrelevant. Is it by weight or volume? It doesn't matter. My headache. No, it would be it would be different because no. alcohol always less than water. Yeah, but it's still a percentage. I mean, that's they say something. If if something's thirty yeah. percent alcohol, it doesn't matter whether you have ten pounds of it or ten gallons of it. It's still thirty percent alcohol. It's still sixty proof. So, so what do you what do you think
2: the four percent? If it's ninety six percent
0: alcohol by volume, yeah. what's the four percent? That's the that's the joke. I mean, it's ninety six percent alcohol. It's one hundred and ninety two proof.
3: That's the genie that lives in the bottle. Right.
1: That's the glass in <laughs> the, the fucking bottle. That's I what rots out your uh, jets in your
0: bowl and blocks up your bowl. <laughs> it, that shit. It's just, and like, like Steve made a mention, Steve's like, well, you know, it's remarkably drinkable. Yeah. You know, it's remarkably drinkable. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, it's, it's real easy to drink. It's just because it just kills everything as it goes in. <laughs> so anything it comes in contact with dies and stops sending a neural response. Right. And then, and then you, then you're fucked.
4: If that's yes. one of them you want to really make sure you don't inhale after you drink it. Correct. Um,
0: yeah, that's that's probably the best advice. That's that's probably safety tip number one is don't don't inhale.
5: And that's uh, why it, was, it, it gets smoother as you drink it because you kill all your fucking self and you're just like yeah.
0: it's so inhale smooth. first, and drink. Yeah. And what's funny is somebody imported that all the way from fucking Poland. Well, you could make that in Cleveland in your basement. <laughs> it doesn't need to come from poland it doesn't need to buy a ticket on a boat it just can be made you can make it in your garage
3: well that's why when you look at the certain drinks and stuff especially like when i was buying that um oh what the hell the wormwood shit yeah Abs- some of it's made with absence Absinthe. well some of it's made like that was made with beet alcohol Sure. well yeah because when you make alcohol it is alcohol it doesn't matter what you make it with once it's pure distilled alcohol it is yep. alcohol or ethanol you know like you're, you're getting
6: rid of everything that made it beat something yeah whatever <laughs> it's made of there's no longer water actually,
3: or no anything it's you've you've extracted it's actually hard alcohol. to get
4: alcohol to come out of a still at that proof that's right outside of a laboratory Mm -hmm. So they're doing, they have to do something to that probably after the initial distillation to get the proof up that high.
3: I Double, double still it or something like that. Because isn't that, that, I mean, that's the whole part of where you got to cut the head and the tail off because some of the first stuff that comes out is actually acetone and stuff. You don't want to drink the first stuff that comes out of a still and then the tail of it has other stuff. So you want like the body of it is the best part. It was the pure alcohol, right? Yeah. Well, the
7: stuff that comes out at the end is called Janus Stone. (laughs)
0: now he's ripping on himself so it begins i figured i might as well get the party started (laughs) that was the only comment that we got this week by the way too was the uh one of our podcast listeners was nice enough to say all right that's great you know i've heard every janus joke i can hear and then there was a whole other episode where you had to go back into it and do it do it all over again and then a third episode where we revisited it again so you know what that's fine here we are we made it back I will try not to Janus if I can. Exactly. Yeah. I uh,
2: I read an article today uh, talking about COVID and how um, you know a good healthy immune system can help. And they say one of the best things that you can do is masturbation creates a lot of white blood cells. So I vowed to single-handedly take out coronavirus for all you guys. <laughs> or double-handedly.
3: <laughs> you could double-handedly take it out. Wait, so does that mean you're going to come over and jerk
0: us off? <laughs> 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 That's, how <a> works, <laughs> That's how a vaccine works. Individually. you getting it. I mean, it's, it's not going to
3: help. You just jerk yourself off.
0: <laughs> yeah, because then, yeah, I take it down. Once I get it,
2: then we can do the herd thing afterwards, you know? the I heard
1: it takes only 365 doses a year. Oh, right.
0: <laughs> if that's the case, I'm set.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> as long as we're not talking 1,200 to 1,500, because the chafing right. could be too much to deal with. Yeah, I've got some
7: breaking news here. Okay. Oh. Pfizer announced today that Viagra will soon be available in liquid form and will be marketed by Pepsi-Cola as a power beverage suitable as a use as a mixer, it will now be possible for a man to literally pour himself a stiff one. Hey. Obviously, we can no longer call it a soft drink, and it gives new meaning to the name cocktail, highballs, and of course, a good old-fashioned stiff drink. Pepsi will market the new concoction under its, the name of Mount & Dew.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just a warm-up that's oh, a good yeah. warm-up that's a good warm-up for the the joke of the day <laughs> so did everybody do your ben homework? do yeah what? everyone did their homework yeah i don't i don't know what the homework was oh so what i did was um so ben big one of yeah, our mrs smith of, gets credit for that joke by the way that's a, that's a solid one. So, uh, so Ben Big uh, did a really good job. He's one of our Patreons and one of our, our listeners. And uh, he sent us a link to The Rob Report, therobreport.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you guys know, Rob Report, they, they, they have opinions on everything and they have professionals. And I have to say, Whoever did this article, whoever compiled this list, actually did a really fucking great job. And uh, what they're saying is this is the the top twenty five motorcycles of all time, 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 time. Well, of the last hundred years, right? Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Because the ones, the the ones prior to nineteen twenty were just there's a whole different category for those, Mm -hmm. right? so I, I gotta say they I really, know this. this is so fucking good look at that thing I really th- I gotta give him credit so you know the what they said was um, what did he show Steve he said the top the very very top his number one pick right so his number his, his absolute number one pick of the show um, is really you know this BMW R32 and this BMW R32 it's beautiful I mean it, it, it's just art I I just, I could sit and look at it all day long. And it's kind of neat because when you are looking at it, you get, you get to remember that it's like, oh, you get to ride that too, you know? And uh, very cool because there's a lot of BMW history there that, you know, didn't change a whole hell of a lot. And the Brough, so the Brough Superior SS100, if you don't like that bike, you might be dead. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's a very pretty machine.
2: And Smith has his uh, Janus with the same little end caps over fish tail things, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: little well, fish tails on the muffler. So
3: I'm not, I'm not interested if
0: it doesn't have electric. Start and fuel injection. Mm. Mm. <laughs> oh, there you go. And then, and so then, the next one is the the of course the ubiquitous. Now, normally the Vincent Black Shadow is at the top of the list, and I got to give him credit because in this one I thought the Bruff. I think the Bruff is a prettier bike mm. than the Black Shadow. Uh, the Black Shadow motor looks really cool with all those knuckles sticking out of the top of the valve adjusters. Does anybody have any information? Like where? How did this pea shooter thing start happening? Like like. I when it, it kind of was right there honestly yeah. that idea of you know it, there's nothing fancy about it it's just a fucking muffler right so you've got an inch and a half pipe going along and you stick a some people call them sausages or balonies uh, <laughs> you know uh, baloney mufflers but that pea shooter style exhaust really it, it's not a lot of stuff yeah. and there's uh, so many bikes that just had that. Well, the idea is that's how you make a sound quieter is you you give it a resonant chamber to perform in and put a bunch of baffling in there. Yeah. So it's not a surprise that it looks like that. Like, yeah. you know, that's what it is. But again, we're thinking about that That uh, Vincent Black Shadow was 55 fucking horsepower, right? And yeah. everyone, you know, everyone just falls all over themselves. And that it was uh, 125 miles. mile an hour top speed, 55 Spurs. And 1,000 cc's, you know, 998. So really cool. And if you like Hunter S. Thompson, um, that was, uh, you know, some cool mentions about it in there. So um, then a bike I've personally sat on, uh, the 1955 Guzzi V8. Uh, it is insane. But what's crazy about that V8 is I bet you didn't think that it was only 500 cc's. Wow. So it's an eight cylinder transverse. So it's a sideways mounted V8 and it is literally only 500 cc's. Oh, what the pistons are like, what an inch? Like what's that? The width of the pistons are like, really they They're tiny. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have eight, literally, you know, eight 60cc PC, uh, eight 60cc pistons. Um, so really, really interesting. And it's, that's a fun story. If you ever look into this, it's all about when the rules were written and the rules said that you had to have 500ccs, you couldn't have any bigger than 500ccs. Wackos in Europe were saying, well, let's just address this by having eight fucking cylinders. Hmm and what a cool bike that thing is uh motoguzzi v8 1955 and uh i wonder if they're going to do the honda six cylinder let's find out and see if they do the honda six cylinder okay 1957 harley davidson sportster uh wow what's not to like about this particular bike Yeah, that Uh, was one of my favorites yeah me too dan this is a cool bike like any way you slice it this is the start of the Sportster. It's the very leading edge of the Sportster motorcycle. And I wish they were all like this.
2: Yeah, how did know? they get it so wrong now? That's a, that's a beautiful looking bike. Man.
0: You know, um, my eye looking at it with all the jaundice, you know, the training that my eye has had over these years, the only thing wrong with this bike is the back wheel looks a little skinny. Mm. But boy, the rest of it looks fantastic. What is it, like a shock cover? It covers the whole shock? Like a big- yeah, well, you know, it looks like that might have been a shock absorber left over from the FLH parts bin, mm. you know? Because yeah. um, that was just the style then. Mm. And But I really do think it's a handsome motorcycle just on its own. And, uh, yeah, they did get a lot of shit right then. Now, 1962 Norton Manx. Man, yeah, uh, this is a hard bike to not love. Yeah. I mean, that that bike just sitting there, that's a 500cc single. It's half as much motor as the Vincent Black Shadow and makes the same horsepower. So mm. how many years later? It wasn't that many. Maybe 10 years later, and Norton had managed to get the exact same horsepower out of half as much motor. So half half as many cylinders and half as many cc's, and that was the sort of the telling tale about how competition w- m- just shoved technology forward and in 10 years they went with half as much motor and had way more time yep, thanks what's that oh never mind never mind okay um yeah. and do you think was this supposed to have a primary cover or is that it, well, well it would if it wasn't a race bike
2: okay that's what i meant like yeah i didn't
0: yeah. know yeah okay yeah. Cool. all right and what you can see in that picture uh, what you can see if you go back there is it's very clear that this is a pre-unit motor so the motor and the transmission are not living in the same box together right, right yeah. so you can see that the motor is putting its power through a primary through a drivetrain back to the transmission um when oscar and i were in the isle of man everything in fact this motorcycle is on their fucking money so when you get a a, a coin in the isle of man you might see this particular motorcycle on that coin. Wow. Well, they don't call it Manx for Nothing. That's right. You don't call it Manx for Nothing. It's not a cat with no tail and too many fingers. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's uh it's really is. What a great, what a great motorcycle. And, and dead sexy. Of course. The 1969 Honda CD 750. Do you know what's scary? Is I'm starting to become bored with these. hmm And it's not because I don't love them, and I do love them. In fact, they were launched the same year I was. Um, there's every reason in the world for me to love this motorcycle. I've owned a bunch of them, and I've always found them to be just fantastic, as long as they have one cam. And as long as they had one cam, they were amazing, and when they went to two cams, I became extraordinarily uninterested in them. Yeah. And the, uh, so it is a product of my, life, like my lifespan
3: what, uh, what it's tough when oh go ahead go ahead no keep going john yeah go well, ahead. It's, it's tough when you have a, such a super sport bike that has good horsepower and everything and will rev to the moon but it, like it won't do a wheelie it does you know it's just like it's good it's really good but it's just not like super anything you know like yeah. it's great you know it's a nice old bike to have and it, you can go 70 80 mile an hour all day long on it but i mean it's not like super fast off the line it doesn't like scare you enough and that's kind of the honda hot problem that honda has kind of had that they make them well you know they build them really nice and everything and they make very linear power and everything but it's nothing to scare you like
6: you know know, kawasaki (laughs) mock right a lot of people say the the cv750 was the first super bike um which is arguable um would you say it was one of the very first real touring bikes yeah absolutely well, yeah i mean very
3: quickly these things got better wind jammers on them yep. and bags and stuff i mean you know and this
0: was way before even the first gold wings came out yeah i agree john prior to 1975 you know prior to 75 76 when those first wings showed up what in the shit was a better touring platform than the cv 750 well you'd have to look at certain bmws right what was right. the best yeah. bmw in 1970 oh this was smoother right (laughs) (laughs) what year what year did they go to do what an r75 slash five uh i figured that there would have been some wouldn't there have been some r60s running around there was there was an r50 and r60 yeah
1: an r75 slash but they were slash fives They had the
3: shorter wheelbase right I mean, in 1969, I can't think that there would have been a, a faster production bike. You know what I mean? Like I agree. it probably held. I mean, at
0: 67 horsepower, yeah, I don't think anything else would have had any more horsepower than that. That'd be an interesting one if the if I, if our listeners would like to comment. So for 1969, right. actual year of 1969, what was available at the dealership that year? Uh, in 69, it was only the R60 US, right? That would That's be the I biggest
2: BMW. Yeah,
1: I, I thought you said early 70. I mean, the, the 70, 71, In yeah. 70, they came out with the slash fives. But
0: because I mean, yeah, I owned the R. I mean, I owned an R69 US, and. Is, as an R69 US, I'll tell you that the, the CB750 was a more capable touring bike, you know? Um, and then, okay, so the next one is the Z50A. Um, holy shit. Like, okay, so this is the monkey. This is the original. If you want to know how old is the concept of a monkey bike, it's 51 years old. Uh, damn. And I love that they write that more than Honda's CB750, the machine that really put the manufacturer on the map was the fucking mini Z50A. The monkey bike. It's hilarious. These things... If you think you're riding a monkey, if you're riding a modern monkey bike, you are not riding a monkey. You're riding a Grom. Uh, The real monkey bike is half the size of a fucking modern monkey. Um, These Z50s are tiny. They are... Pick them up and put them under your arm, tiny. So, yeah. Really, really a tiny bike. But I'm glad it made the list because legit... That is a bike that got a lot of people into motorcycling. Mm-hmm. Okay, now this one's weird. The 1971 MV Augusta 750S. Uh, I will agree that this thing is a, a landmark motorcycle. I, I really do. I, I just, there's no doubt about it. This is one of the bikes that I had the little trading cards when I was a kid with all the, the different bikes. This bike was just like European exotic, wild race bike that you could buy. But I don't think I knew anybody who even talked about knowing somebody that bought an MV Agusta 750S. I mean, that was just like...
2: Well, how many were... I had uncles and US? stuff that
0: had BMWs. There were 583 of them. Right, but in the US or just in total? In the world. Right,
3: yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, look at MV Augusta today. They're still relatively... Super rare
0: bike. <laughs> Super rare bikes. I mean, yeah. oh, that that is a crazy rare bike, I and mean, you only build 583 of them. That's just pure race shit. Okay, here we go. Here's the Z1 and 1972 Kawasaki Z1. Uh, what did they call? The, they called this. I think they called it the New York Steak Project mm. um, when Kawasaki did it. Uh, it was purely about American one-upmanship and beating the balls off of the CB750. Mission uh, accomplished. Mission accomplished. I mean, that's right? impressive for 1972 right there. Yeah. Yeah. And 82 herspers. I mean, come on. Well, it's like, only about five mile an hour faster. Mm-hmm. It is. You're right. It's exactly five miles an hour faster than a CB750. Um, the sound they make is far more frightening than a CB750. Uh they were, uh, I'm just going to say it, I, it was It was stealing all of Honda's moves and making it better. And, you know, they beat Honda to the dual overhead cam market by about seven years, you know? Which and, is interesting because
3: Honda made multi-cylinder dual overhead cam race bikes in the early 60s when you look absolutely. at... Yeah, like okay. the rc one uh 166 and stuff 166. like that yeah the one so, i mean it wasn't that they
0: didn't know how to build a dual overhead cam bike they just chose to build and they didn't want to do it for the mass the general public it's not as and- user friendly right that's true mm-hmm.
7: Can you imagine running that bike at 130 miles an hour and bias ply tires? Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) It's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. So now you see the Paul Smart livery. So this is the Ducati 750 SS from 1974. Um, This is the replica of, you know, the the ubiquitous, uh, what what would you call that color? Is it like... Uh, turquoise and silver silver on the top and turquoise frame and turquoise on the bottom of the the fairing and that's the Paul smart color livery Uh, seafoam yes seafoam it's beautiful and it's a very strange color combination that instantly it will always make me think of this particular uh, livery anytime I see those two colors next to each other I, I doesn't matter what they're on I'm gonna think of this and, uh, look how thin the frame rails are on that. Yeah, yeah. Boy, that was Ducati really saying that we're going to make the bike light. And we're going to make the bike handle. And really just amazing machine. Uh, it's a 1974. So it was somebody was actually putting thought into uh, cornering. And look at the fucking brakes on that monster! Wow, yeah. You know? I mean, giant single uh piston or dual piston caliper uh front disc and that looks like a single pot so that looks like a single pot and but just big and very modern looking and the big okay. rain gutter rims and just a lot of emphasis on suspension on that uh 750 ss and okay. i just what a gorgeous bike i mean that's yeah, all right there 100 grand laying around you can probably get one yeah. Yeah. No, but you don't have to because they they made Paul Smart replicas later that have fuel mm-hmm. injection. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so,
5: so I have a question. I mean, they're they're going in in chronicle order. So right now we're hitting the mark of eighty. We're hitting the eighty. So these are the twenty five greatest, and, and this is the, the the for most of us is the. Era of bikes that we most like, even though I agree with John, it doesn't, it's not fuel injected or it doesn't have, it still has carburetors.
3: Yeah, I was just kidding. But
5: but in general, do you really? Which bike do you guys think is missing from? The before '80s that we already passed because there's, oh, really there's a bunch of really good bikes.
3: Yeah. Oh, well, there's all the two-strokes. I mean, where's all the two-strokes? Right, that's right.
0: I didn't want to say it, but <laughs> well, the, and that's the We're trouble s- when you can only pick twenty-five. And twenty-five, I mean, right? We've all been doing this for a long well, time.
5: Well, they, they put the monkey. I mean, it's not. Right. Yeah,
3: but they put well, the Mike Kawasaki would have been an H2 over a Z1. I mean,
6: yeah. that was a that was a more groundbreaking bike. I mean, that was a more terrifying right. bike. And the, the Kawasaki H3 or Mach 3 came in, out in 68 and it was
0: already, I think, just as fast as the CB750 even yep. before it came out. Well, so. Here's the thing. If you take this and turn it into the 50 best bikes then we can squeeze those bikes in there right i I did get to the end of the list and i was i was initially thinking oh this is the top
6: 100 motorcycles i got (laughs) to the end of the list saying okay this is pretty good so far wait that's it (laughs) that's
0: it and i think
5: maybe they did the like the most iconic from their era not just the best overall maybe just the more i mean like the monkey is well known i mean it's not like it's not a good bike it's just
6: well, and, and at the at the beginning they do say it, it's involving you know form and function it's not exactly. about performance it's not right. about practicality or how rare it is it's it's just mm-hmm. in their opinion what are the oh, function love-
3: doesn't
0: function kind of con- give a connotation of performance yeah the function yeah. equals performance do you know what's really funny is because I have been reading motorcycle magazines and books my entire life and I gotta say, anytime anybody takes a shot at this, anytime somebody's like the top 10 bikes in the world, yeah, we know what they're gonna do. They're gonna have a Super Cub and they're gonna have a CB750 and they're gonna have a CB350. You know, we know what they're gonna do. But this one, I have to say, I can see that they've taken a little bit of a different angle. And for having 25, only 25 bikes, I do appreciate the stuff that they've done. Like, I think going after the Bruff Superior in that generation, in that era, I think that was bold because um, so many people just go North, or so many people just go Vincent Black Shadow and that's it and you'll never hear anything else. I think that their take on this is a little bit more um, uh, well-reasoned or at least not just hitting the high spots. I, I think for 25, they've done a pretty interesting list.
5: But at because least at so this far, point, you, would, you, wouldn't say, you wouldn't take any of them out and you yeah, wouldn't yeah. think that this is slanted. So it is
3: covering... Yeah there's something i would maybe add like the ajs porcupine yep exactly
0: that was was a pretty sweet bike i think you could do that i think changing this list from 25 to 50 and you could really cover a really really good range of stuff and give everybody a little bit of respect without going to the ridiculous making the list boring and having 100 bikes um so i do think 25 is a hard number to hit but this is a over 100 uh, years What's that? Over hundred years. Over yeah. years. <laughs> oh shit! You know that's really tight. I mean, you think about yeah. how many bikes are available. I could do fifty good bikes in 1989. You know. <laughs> but they nailed this. This is a very like this bike changed everything right here. Well, go back, go back, Steve. Because I do want to talk yeah. about this. Um, this is a weird bike. So the R80GS. This is the beginning. Uh, it's the beginning of the Galanda Sport, right? right. So. Uh, it's it really is a, a an interesting thing because this is what started every GS that ever happened after it, man. You know, and there's
2: still around the world guys riding this bike right now with like 290,000 miles
0: on it. And our buddy uh, Johnny Chef from Chicago, who has Motorworks in Chicago, look him up, Johnny Chef. Uh, Johnny Chef has got one of these that he's done the Baja on not 50 years, not in 1980, like a couple of years ago, right? So the fact that dudes are still out there beating this bike, this actual 1980 machine to death is really, you know, it is important. And I give them credit because this is the first time where a manufacturer said, we're going to make a bike that is equally at home on the dirt as it is on the street and not with a 250 motor, because sure, all the Honda SLs and everything that was ever called a Scrambler was designed to be equally at home on the street. But this one, a big fucking 800, well, nobody was doing an 800 in 1980 that was meant to be, you can go touring across the country or you can go play in the dirt. Yeah, you're not gonna to wanna to ride an old XL350 around the world. That's right. That's exactly right. And even if you think of some of those Triumph Desert sleds and stuff, those T100s, well, those were 500cc singles, you know? That wasn't a bike you'd want to ride on the freeway at 80 miles an hour. And I think this is an excellent example of a motorcycle that changed the whole utility of motorcycles. It was you could have one bike that did multiple jobs. So super cool.
2: And it was so well thought out. Um, for traveling around the world. That was why yeah. the single swing arm and everything, you
0: didn't oh, really yeah. do anything. You could just jack the bike up, take your wheel mm-hmm. off, change tires. like. And high mu- and high mufflers, keep them out of the way and don't make them bounce off of rocks, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. a really cool bike. And uh, I did like, I always liked those. I thought they were super cool. And the, In fact, you could take the back wheel off without removing the swing arms and shocks and stuff was really cool.
3: Yeah. yeah. A That's quick cool. question, I don't know. I have no idea the answer. Yeah. But like the Perry Ducar, uh, when were the first motorcycles? I mean, were they running?
0: Out, like, when did they start running motorcycles in that? I will consult the internet. I'll give you the answers shortly. Yeah. That'd the, be uh, the the the. the is, oh, look at this. <laughs> I'm assuming
3: they did, they didn't do it in the 1920s, 30. You know,
0: I don't know how far back that would have went. Yeah, I don't know. That's and that's and that also might be that, that it's just in line with what was the first year they ran a Paris Dakar. You know, right? Uh, so. Da, da, da,
5: da, da. So now, now we're getting into uh, the the plastic era of covering the mm-hmm. bike and the frame and everything else.
2: <laughs> yeah, but dude, I, you're, you're almost my age. When this thing came out, it was straight boner. I mean, like you yes. the oh on my road, god, and it was Jesus like it Christ. blew right. my mind. I was like, yeah. I, I don't care what I do in life, I have to have this
0: yeah and that really is and no fooling you know when this bike came out i was exactly 16 years old so i was 16 years old when this bike came out and if you would have said that this was nuclear powered (laughs) you couldn't have blown (laughs) us away anymore this thing when it hit i was a major cycle world fan i had all these you know my wall locker in high school was just covered in motorcycle pictures and when this bike came out it was so far ahead of any of the other early '80s bikes, including like the the you know the GPZ stuff, like all the Kawasaki GPZs. I don't know about that.
3: That was what I was thinking. I, I, I'm <laughs> like, didn't the, the the Ninja come out in '84? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, but GPZ it wasn't.
2: But it, was a it didn't look like a fucking straight race bike. Like this thing <laughs> I saw, it, I'm like. Oh my
0: god, there's a race bike in Tinker. The GPZs were yeah. all out and they were all wonderful. And hell, half of them had turbos for fuck's sake. You yeah. know? Yeah. when this thing came out, this was like, oh Jesus Christ, they're selling an actual track bike to people. And it sounded like it. Something about that four into one, it had a very unique sound yeah. to it. This was a racetrack bike that had shitty brakes, like it had made for civilians brakes. It had made for civilian suspension, but those are the only two things you needed to change. And then you had the basic the same bike they were running on the racetrack. Yeah. And I remember when these things hit, I was just like, they probably shouldn't sell this to people. Mm-hmm. And and it was and it was it changed the game because all of a sudden every company then said, Okay, we need to have a race bike that we sell to humans. Well, and and this was 1985 and yeah. it looks almost i mean the the, the
6: equation is still at play Correct. when it comes to a sport it bike it yep. absolutely is
2: and and the thing is like back in like so i you know i, I loved them, but like i I got i started riding it about an 87 88 and uh i'd go to tinkers creek park down here mm-hmm. and the thing and absolutely. on saturday mornings there'd be 50 to 60 sport bikes and it was pretty amazing that this bike came out and you'd see these guys a little bit older you know they're probably in their mid-20s and they or 30s and they'd get these bikes and come down to the park and within two weeks all the fairings would be cracked and scratched because they didn't know how to ride like this was it was a game changer bike I mean it really had oh, yeah. power and stuff and you know guys that just got them they came from their their 550 L you know that had 28 horsepower or something they jump on this thing and sure enough a few weeks later man they're back with an arm sling and their bike's all fucked up and
3: Tommy Bishahaw back in in high school, he was the guy who went out and bought the first Ninja. Nobody ever heard of a Ninja, you know, and they're like, wow. And he was known for just riding a wheelie for miles, you know, <laughs> he would just be like, whoop, up on one wheel. And eventually it caught up with him. He came up over a hill and was trying to go around a bend and dumped it and then bounced along through the trees and stuff and almost died. He has a, his one leg is, solid from the hip all the way to the ankle and stuff like that but oh. so
0: he was a badass for a while to go back to 1979 year of our lord 1979 that was the very first year for the perry de car in the very first year of the perry de car it was won overall was won by a yamaha motorcycle being ridden by surreal uh or cyril niveau Uh, So Cyril Nouveau from Orleans, France, or Orleans, France, if you're American. Um, He did, and he did win the Dakar five times. He won it in 79, 80, 82, 86, and 87. Wow! And he was the very first competitor to win the Dakar, Dakar rally in the motorcycle category in 1979 what would that have been an xt 500 or something like that you know what i have gotta bet you dude i gotta bet you i gotta believe if we dig down into this it had to be so uh we'll i'll be i'll continue drilling into this and we'll we'll proceed on with the list All all right the rc30 so yeah here we go now now how about the ushering in of v4s So if you're gonna start with V4s, and the bike that started it all for V4s, Interceptors at all, because remember, Interceptors started, I think, in 1983, right, John? Uh, You got me, yes, but that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, I think 83 or 84 was the first year for the Interceptors, but this was the high water mark for that rc30 and if you want to watch go back and watch racing go back and watch vintage racing and watch these rc30s on the track uh damn i mean this the sound these things made gear driven uh gear driven cams 750 cc's i've owned these interceptors i've owned you know this bike's civilian you know this is the this is the RC this is the race bike and this is civilian you can buy it you you know this is not the track bike but you know obviously the touring version of this was called the VFR and so the sport version is the RC30 and the uh the v, it's the vfr 750R and that's remember, what you're looking at here
2: do you remember at mid ohio 2 years ago when the, the the group of japanese guys brought the bikes in, they had one Yes. It was like, like $32,000 or t- somewhere yeah. around there. It was a lot of money, man. Just crazy cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, just just very neat, uh, very cool bike, and oh. again, oh. ridiculous power, but, but also, in my opinion, very sexy. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I love the way the single-sided swing arm looked on these bikes, even though it had that giant tire on it. Um, a giant wheel. And then I also like the way the tail section looked on these bikes. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I've been looking at a lot of bike. I've been looking at Craigslist a lot right now and everything. And
0: uh, the double round headlights, you yeah. know, on these bikes in this era, I just love that. Me yep. too. Uh-huh. I, I think it's very distinctive. I think it's very, and that's the GSXR as well. Yep. I think the double round headlights, and I've had a couple of FZRs as well that had the double round headlights. They Gammas just, or Genesis. Those, yeah, they make Genesis, yeah. The Genesis were all the five valve motors. Yeah, this next, oh, go ahead. go ahead.
3: I was gonna say, this
2: next bike, I've owned seven of them, and they're my, they're my favorite <laughs> bike in the world. <laughs>
0: so you're, what you're saying is, it may have deserved a place on the list. Yeah, oh, and fuck, I agree.
2: Look at that, bitch, dude. I still get a boner looking at these things, man. That's look a pretty it.
0: bike. This, the CBR 900 RR, the first time <laughs> ever we had an RR that I I, even as a young person, I was in the army when these things came out. Uh, I was in, actually, and when the RRs hit, I was like, that's one too many R's. <laughs> it's either an R or it isn't an R. And now we have three R's. The interesting part about this bike, and I don't know how
2: they did it, because obviously they made it, and it handled great and everything, yeah. but it has a four-foot balance point for wheelies. Like yes, You can be kind of up, you can be 12. Like, it, it's insane on
0: where it will balance on a wheelie, and it just yeah. sits there. It's nuts, man. John, to answer your question, the bike that won the Dakar was the XT500 with a chonky big gas tank on it and very little else. I mean, it looked like a stock bike with just a nine-gallon tank on it. Uh. Yeah. And I bet you the bike was probably stock with a nine-gallon tank on it. So Nine-gallon tank. It's a monster tank like we have on our KLRs. Um, yeah. And their pit crew appears to be in a Unimog. So uh. go figure. The Dakar was different back then uh it was so-
3: i know a crazy guy who's looking at a unimog right now oh really grumpy sewer guy oh God, of course he is. <laughs> see i never knew this and this is pretty
2: cool so that the, the if you read here the designer he mm-hmm. designed this bike instead of it being for a racetrack he designed it for the road so that's right. why it was so comfortable and like still fast
0: handled great but yep. you know more for streets that's cool I've only owned one of these, and honestly, I will be the first to tell you it was a much later version of this. And I did sell it rather quickly, only because I just knew that it was going to cost me my license. Yeah. There's no way that I could keep that bike. And if you look at that bike in 1992, it already had upside down forks. Right. Uh, It had everything. I mean, it, it was as cutting edge, and I don't think the new ones are any faster. I think the only difference between this one and the new version of this is just going to be traction control and ABS.
2: And they were durable. You could crash them about thirty-seven times before
0: something actually broke. It was. Well, I think they uh, should have just made the starboard, the Starboys edition, where all the pot, the bodywork was just Tupperware, yeah, and it literally was just flexible. I, I like
6: the all the perforations. Are those breakaway points in the plastic?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's where you yeah. that, they pre-drilled the zip ties they, yeah, yep. they did they pre-drilled
0: the zip ties <laughs> <laughs> that's why when it cracks you just run it through the loops And yep. Yep. right so it would break at the it would break at the point where it was easiest to repair yeah that's, that's a good great. idea just yeah. make it out of unbreakable comb yes yeah. exactly make it make the whole thing out of traffic cone
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good bike though and then the like All the way up to what ninety eight or ninety nine is when they went and they had the headlights more rounded, like not round
0: but more, you know, different. Yeah, they made them Mm -hmm. teardrop shaped. Yep, I didn't like those. Uh, Uh,
2: I did. I had I I I tore one down to the frame and rebuilt it. I'll try to find a picture later. And that I did like that one. It was the red, black, and white one. Yeah. Uh, Oh man, it was so good. Anyways, all right. Now the Fireblade's great
0: bike, man. Super cool bike. And here you go. And then here I am. Yeah, here there we are again. And you, I never knew anybody that ever owned one of these. No, nobody did because this was the oval piston. So okay. the NR 750, and I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be different than everybody else in the world here. I think this is a beautiful motorcycle, in so much as I think that a Ferrari Testarossa is a beautiful car. It's unnecessary, and it just is. It just speaks to a certain time. Uh, And then it's done. Like, if you want to just pretend, you want to say, like, I want to tell the world that it's 1992 and I'm filming a movie, you would have this bike in the background, or you'd have a Testarossa in the background. Right. And it's the extras, the cladding on the side. But what was crazy was this was a cheating bike. This bike was literally 32 valves, right? 32 valves. 32 valves, right. So it's eight valves per cylinder, right? And... It had oval pistons, was this cheater way of saying it's not two pistons, it's one big oval piston. And so it was was all about beating the rule rule book. And it was all about GP racing and beating the rules and building a motor that was asymmetrical or or atypical, I guess. Mm -hmm. And that was this deal. And the Tamburini designed it. So, you know, Tamburini is the guy who did the Ducati 916s and the Supersports and stuff. So Tamburini's a genius when it comes to design. But this bike was really, really great, but here's where it fails. Oval pistons. (laughs) Um, They never, there was no longevity. It was meant to be a race bike. Done, period. There's nothing on that bike that is meant to be a street bike. It is a race bike. Strictly for homologation. Turn signals are for homologation only, Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what it is. And if you were lucky enough to buy one of these that was a homologation, you know, they have to build enough bikes to sell so that they can go racing with them. Uh, It had everything. It had fuel injection, but mostly it had oval pistons. And and realistically, man, you know. (laughs) Uh, that's just kooky when you think about eight valves because the oval pistons just don't think of them as one big oval piston think of it as two pistons with one con rod Mm -hmm. and that's really what it was um crazy design though if you ever get a chance to do a google search and look at the blow up of the engine like a cutaway uh drawing of the motor to see the way that they did that to get that volumetric efficiency of uh, cheater seven hundred and fifty cc motor, and it's it's cool because it, they intended to make a V eight, but the rules said you can't have
6: a V eight. You know, it's kind of like the 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 old Moto Guzzi. It's like okay, we have a, a, a cc limit. How do we how do we flow more air? Well, that's more right. valves with more, more
0: cylinders. You're right, Nick. That's all they did was they ground out the portion between the circles. Mm-hmm. So if you take a motor a, a V eight motor and you look at those eight slugs, and you just go okay, well, just cut them. So instead of being Round holes—they're big, big fucking ovals—and so instead of eight slugs, they had four slots, and then they just made the pistons shaped funny. But that'd be a fun ashtray to have on your desk. Could be like an old oval piston, piston just upside down to put stuff in, or a cup holder in your car.
5: You no, know,
4: connecting <laughs> rods per piston.
0: You know, I—you'll have—I believe so. I, I have to look, easy. but I think I can't recall, and I will—and I will look to see real quick, but as you know, again, this was just boner fuel. Because once you realize that there was no chance that that was ever gonna become a production motor idea. But yeah, they... Uh, yeah, no,
5: I was looking at some pictures of the front, because I was. It, it looks odd sideways. Mm-hmm. And it definitely, it, before you said the comment of, of the Ducati side of the history of it and mm-hmm. yeah it definitely does give you the front like the the, yeah, the headlights. it does give you the vibe of, of the later uh ducatis for yeah, sure yeah if you look at
0: that that is hilarious yeah there you go because calling that a four-cylinder motor is just like from the cheating department you know? <laughs> like there is no way you can look at that and say that's a four-cylinder motor you're like okay that's not a four-cylinder motor that's an eight and maybe a 12-cylinder motor crazy Because the way that motor's configured, that is hilarious. But yeah, the cutaway, I love the cutaway on that. I could look at that cutaway picture for hours. It's so cool. Look at the head. Yeah, that's so head. The head is a joke. The head is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, that head's are outrageous. Two cylinders with 16 valves. 16 valves. And that, that head, head. just I love that that head is just for two pistons. Yep. <laughs> that head looks like it's for four cylinders, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's very funny. But it's, again, um, any color you want, as long as it's red, mm-hmm. you know? Look at that piston, man. Yeah, it's a crazy thing. I would love to have one of those pistons on the dashboard of my truck. <laughs> just as an object of art yeah yeah that's that that so cool all right so yeah back to what well, where where are we at right now we are We're at 1995, 1995.
2: 1990. 92. Oh, then uh, this, 92 this, this the monstrosity that yeah i like it, it.
3: it's cool it's as uh, exotic as you could get
2: yeah I mean,
0: was, honestly i'm not sure why this is on the list so realistically, every single person that has ever listened to the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast, and every single person that has ever participated in the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast, you have to name your up-the-butt bike. If you're being interviewed by them, yeah. you have to say what your up-the-butt bike is. And 99.1% of the people have said that it was the Britain V1000. Hmm. Now, I do not agree. This is not my up the butt bike. I respect what he did, and I have listened to every interview he's done, and I totally dig the fact that he did this like without a wind tunnel, um, and I can totally forgive the pink and blue uh, color dynamic. I don't. I think that's cool. I love the crazy wonky spaghetti-looking exhausts. I think those are slick. I have no problem with many things on this V1000 motorcycle, but I'm not going as far as to say that it's like literally my up-the-ass bike. Like this would be the bike I would I would embrace that with. Um, it's it's just crazy. I I dig it. I love the story of the man. I totally dig it. However, I. And it's a tragedy, you know, died at 45 years old. It's a, it's a terrible, terrible okay. thing. But I, when I look at this, I don't see myself riding this. This looks like you stole it from the set of Hello Kitty's Next Adventure. Uh, but it, I, it, I want to see this documentary now. I didn't know this existed. Yeah, I watched the documentary, One Man's Dream. Yeah. the uh, It's really cool and it's great and I dig it, but it's not a motorcycle that I would be like, oh, I totally want to ride that around. Uh, I don't. Like, there's, there's no part of it that, to me, is like, oh, I I, I wanna ride this bike a lot.
3: And did it think- win? What's that? Did it win? Winning races in Daytona,
0: all over Europe, and Australia. Yeah, it won. Yeah, it, it won. won. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it was a really, it, I mean, it's a very interesting exercise, and it did set the world on its ass, because this guy was, he built this thing in his fucking garage. I mean, yep. But this is a motorcycle genius. But there was no ass that was happy to ride this thing. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, I know, I like that. I, I, everything is designed with the with the rider being the last concern. Right, Yeah. <laughs> figure it out, guys. Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah there it is. Most beautiful bike ever made. So there we go, I mean, 1994 Ducati 916. Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. hard to argue with this. It, mm-hmm. Even, and the crazy thing about it is it's, it's become a very affordable bike. Uh, uh, Christ, you are, who died? that's one of those bikes that the the 94 ducati 916 Tamburini. again you know back back in the workshop uh this is a beautiful machine this is this is, this is an nsr 750 that you could actually
6: own
8: mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs>
0: true that absolutely and i've had a couple of super sports um i i just you know this was the sexier version of the 750 ss uh it always looked ahead of its time. There's nothing about this bike that looks like it's, you know, well, 26 you ever, years
2: old. Have you ever ridden one of these? Yeah. My buddy, my buddy Mark had one yeah. uh, back in the day, back when I was felt and could fit on it. My gut yeah. wouldn't be part of the gas tank and stuff. Oh, well, that has that gas tank that nobody yeah. can ride. Right. Well, you can when you're 19 and 22 and stuff like that. <laughs> but um, but this bike is the only bike, and I wanted one so bad, but they were still like 25 grand oh, back yeah. then, you know, yeah. whatever. But um, I got to ride it. And it literally fell into corn Like, I can't explain it. Like, it would just turn on itself. Like, the gnarliest corner that most bikes, you're like, okay, push, push, okay, push. Oh, I'm going to make it away. You just, it was like, it was like taking a turn at like five. Like, it was just, yep. it just was in there, man. It was beautiful. Unbelievable. I heard
0: everybody talking about the incredible chassis, the incredible frame. And there was no better frame and no better chassis on any motorcycle in the world And at the time, I was riding inline fours, so I really wasn't ready for the grunt of a V-twin, or in this case, a 90-degree twin. And the first time I rode one of these, I was like, oh, torque, holy shit, that's fun. I've never experienced torque in a sport bike before, because you know, sport bikes were always about high revs. And so the first time I experienced torque in a sport bike was in this bike's baby brother of the monster, right? Mm. And then I rode this thing, and I was like, damn, this is really gonna get me in trouble. And I had just read the Hunter S. Thompson piece called The Song of the Sausage Creature, right? <laughs> and it's all about this. And if you read The Song of the Sausage Creature, it's really great. I mean, I I, I love it. And this bike, when I rode it, for me, it was kind of a thing because I liked Hunter S. Thompson and I liked Ducati's. And I rode the bike and I was expecting the frame to be like a razor blade. I was expecting it to be like cut from diamonds and it would have no flex whatsoever. And I was very surprised to find out that this fl- the frame on this bike was actually very flexible. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that was designed in. So they had thought about it and rather than making the frame perfectly rigid, they had given the frame enough body to make it just dive into corners. And son of a bitch, they're right, it did. And it was a much better bike than I'll ever be a rider.
3: They so, just did that to the CRF 300. Oh, yeah? When they when they came out with it, they took
0: rigidity out of the frame because it was too rigid. I got to say, the Ducati 916, again, always out of my price point for an actual bike. I would ride on the track or ride anywhere aggressively, but just an amazing motorcycle. Um, this is a pretty cool line right here. Look at this. And it's a historical vehicle. Yep. Yeah, at this point, it really is. Right um i what's interesting is at the bottom it says without a doubt the most important motorcycle both financially and culturally that ducati has ever created and i would argue no because the monster saved that company from going out of business yeah yeah and this this motorcycle cost them a lot of money to build and the monster paid the paid the freight for this motorcycle
2: but i'll say this too in 94 right and in about, what, two or three years, every motorcycle started to have Undertale exhaust. Oh, oh, yeah, and the oh, first time yeah, you
0: saw sure. this bike from the back, the first time you saw the back of this bike, you were having a crisis in your pants, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah. the front of the bike was one thing, but the back of the bike was like, oh, you broke all the rules. Yeah.
5: Yeah, yeah that, that's that's what I was going to say. I mean, this 1994 design Definitely. went through several years of Ducatis that look similar to this. Like, the sure 98 and 750. It, I mean, it just kept going because it's, it's pre solid I love that fucking design.
0: The one that I rode, um, you remember in the late 80s, so many motorcycles had plastic covers hiding where the passenger would sit? Yeah. And they'd have a plastic oh, yeah? cover that had, like, a couple of screws on it little, that would always break. And, like, my Interceptor, my 87 Interceptor, had a plastic cover that would hide where the passenger was sitting for no reason. It doesn't make it any more aerodynamic. It's behind your back. You know, it was just a dumb thing that made your bike look sportier. Yeah. It looked like race plastics instead of, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so this bike, I remembered this bike because this bike, the vinyl on the passenger seat was actually the body color. So the, (laughs) the driver's seat was black, but the passenger seat was red to, to fool you into thinking it wasn't there and uh, i i noticed that when i got on the bike the first time i was like oh well that's better than putting a cheesy plastic cover on it because if you do put a passenger on the back of my interceptor you'd have to take the plastic cover off with a screwdriver and then hand it to your passenger and say oh now hold on to this (laughs) you know we're gonna go ride a motorcycle but i need you to hold this this cover for the back of this motorcycle seat just just to
2: backtrack a little bit um i did find i So I can show you that I wasn't kidding. So here's oh, some no. of, here's yeah. some of my 900R. Oh I had. god! Oh yeah. So that was the 900. That was my ZX7. That was my seven, uh, GSXR 750. Oh, <laughs> uh, hold on. Let me go this way. Oh, you really and, were
0: a fucking star boy,
2: weren't you? My, wow. Hold on, wait. And then this is my baby, though. This is the one I took down to the frame and rebuilt. I love this fucking bike. This this every fucking nut. No, yeah. Oh bike. yeah. And I could fucking wheelie yeah. this thing on two seventy one, fucking all day long, talking on a cell phone and eating a snack at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm, you know, whatever. But anyways, yeah, that was my jam. And then look, I even got into Street Fighters back in the day when nobody was fucking doing Street Fighters and stuff. It was a little jixer sevens. Oh, there you go. Yeah, well, yeah look at that jixer Oh, that's adorable. That's great. Okay, wait, look at these. Look at these bums. So there's Dreadlock <laughs> me. This dude's a Dude. Mac. I think he's arrested. I think he was at the Capitol. <laughs> yeah. He's a cop and he owns Jack Prince now. Hey, all right. He's the guy with the dreadlocks? me <laughs> that's a class- I didn't know you were a natural blonde yeah man that's a classy <laughs> motherfucker right there what are you talking about alright anyways mm-hmm. sorry, I didn't want to fucking show that
0: off dude fucking rider for life dude
2: <laughs> hey man we were having fun
0: you we guys were having a blast that's I right, can't you fall. were living to ride uh huh <laughs> All right. So, what's next on the list? All right. Oh boy, I can't imagine where they're going to be next, man. Oh yeah, there you are. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I agree. That was I a agree. game changer when this
2: came out. That was the. Def- I remember my yep. Murad, who now is a, a freedom fighter and probably in jail. Yep. Um, he got one of the first R ones, and I remember him doing 180 miles an hour, and I was like, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, is that a fast bike?
0: Yeah and if you remember on this bike this what changed everything because there were plenty of leader class bikes before this bike but they changed the transmission orientation on this thing they 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 did mass yeah, right. centralization for the first time and they moved the gearbox right and they uh, the whole idea was that you could put your transmission somewhere other than the very bottom of the motor And you could then have the motor and the transmission occupying a better mass centralization, which gave this bike an incredible advantage in racing because you no longer had to have your weight sitting so high in the frame. And when these things hit the track, they were untouchable.
2: And they still are. Two years ago, um, I went to uh, Pennsylvania for the new Moto America races. Yeah. And one of the guys that was second in points in the 1,000-liter class, or sorry, 1,000-cc class, yeah, um, his trailer burned down at, like, VIR or something. Right. And, like, I mean, not, not at the racetrack, but when they were leaving VIR to come to Pennsylvania to race, they're, you know, their right. trailer brakes fucked up or something, the whole thing burned down. He was able to get to a Yamaha dealer. Yeah, um, the day before, pick up an R1. He removed the mirrors they put on because they had a, the, their sponsor sent him an exhaust pipe, and then yeah. they they put um, a new programmer in for the fuel ju- sure. injection. And he yeah. took
0: second place on a stock yeah. R1. I, mean, I don't think that this 22 year old motorcycle or 23 year old motorcycle, I don't think that modern ones today are any better than this one. I mean, I've I've owned R1s. I I have ridden them. This particular bike, the R1 is. Legendary. And I think we're gonna have to get used to the fact that this bike is twenty-three years old. Right. And you know, the fact that it's a twenty-three-year-old motorcycle means that it it has earned its place in history. And it's as significant as that Kawasaki Z one, you know? It's it's it changed road racing and it also look, there's this whole thing. It's like, okay, if you want to have a bad boy fast bike on the street. Yeah, certain people are gonna just gonna. Oh yeah, we're gonna have a Hayabusa. Just get a Hayabusa. Get a Hayabusa with a stretched swing arm. You're you're fine. But this is actually a bike that can do everything. Yep. Um, it, it really is, and I think that in ten years from now, that is going to be the cool the cool hip bike to have. And again, it's only fucking two years away from having historical plates.
2: And, and here's arguably though, like obviously, like everybody loved the the R1. Yeah. But I think almost just as important and basically the same bike. Right. But I think sold more was the F Z one.
0: Well the FZ1, first the F Z one because that was one that you could actually enjoy.
2: Enjoy, but more importantly, yeah. like it was one of the first like standard kind of slash touring slash like yep. hey I'm forty and I don't want to be an idiot bike that um <laughs> you know, like but like it had power though. You know what I mean? That's like it was, it was it handled like a fucking race bike, but it was yeah. still upright.
0: But like I mean, a bandit. Yeah. Well and yeah, let's see what's next on the list. I mean I don't know about this. Yeah, so I've been through I've been through a few share of these. You know, back in the old supersonic days, we did a lot with Aprilia, and we did um, these bikes came out of the factory when we were able to buy these bikes. We weren't able to buy them with a lighting kit. So you see this bike. This is the Aprilia RS 250. Um, this is a two-stroker that is meant just for entry level 250 class GP road racing that's all it is um you know honda had their um uh their i believe honda's flipped the s and the r around those are the sr 250 versus the um aprilia's rs 250 but so in the mid 90s these were the bikes that you bought if you wanted to go out and go um and enter your gp racing right and of course you aprilia did the 50 cc version of this as well so they did the 50 cc And they were sold, you could buy them through your Aprilia dealers here in the United States, but you couldn't buy them with a lighting rig because they weren't DOT approved. They were two strokes, right? And you could buy the lighting rig. And I remember the lighting rig was $1,300. And $1,300 is offensive for what is basically a different stator uh, and a different flywheel and the light bulbs and shit that you see there. $1,300 to make your... Track legal bike into a street legal bike, but of course, your title, your MCO didn't say that it was street legal. Um, these things were a blast, and I got to ride these quite a bit. And the uh, even the RS50, which is hilarious, uh, little 50cc, it's still a blast to ride. Uh, but this 250 is it's a beast, and it's every bit as good as the Honda's, and and actually a little bit better. Uh, the twin, the you know, the two stroke twin gp road racing bike probably in 1998 i don't know if it had ever gotten better than this bike so when, were they one of the first to start using like the obtuse looking <clears throat> the gullwing arm so the gullwing yeah. arm uh that was really about where your uh, chain output was and the idea was having your chain running um on its own back to the rear sprocket as opposed to trapping the swing arm within it meant that you could do wheel changes and tire changes very, very easily because the chain didn't trap the swing arm in between the top and the bottom run of the chain. So a gullwing swing arm gave the chain the ability to run under it, so a tire change on the back of the bike was very quick. Hmm. Truly racetrack shit right there. Yeah. Uh, Oh, Oh boy. Jesus Christ, John! It's, it puts this taking us back to the Portland One Show, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, I didn't realize that's a two thousand, though. Yeah, well, this was that. Re, that was that resurgence. That was that whole getting back on the track thing. That yep. was its return. Uh, that looks I'm looking like at some painting.
3: of the bikes in the back.
0: Yeah, right, right in this picture too. You can see the Super Glide on the, look the, look the boat tail. The, tail on the, the boat tail, yeah. And then there's the Paul Smart Ducati behind it. And there's a Moto Guzzi V50 Monza behind it over there, the red one. And then there's a Daytona. I think that's a Yamaha Daytona. And there's that a Kawasaki H, the white bike to the left of it behind it. Anyway, podcast listeners don't care. I think that's a three-cylinder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We've, di-
3: like- We've carefully designed these air
0: filters. Like they're like no other air filters that have ever been designed. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can only buy those by the dozen. I think super. I think K and N will only sell you those a dozen at a time. The uh, they're designed to be kicked off with your foot. <laughs> and for podcast listeners that can't see them, they're literally like a soda can. This is the 2000 harley Davidson XR750 flat tracker. Um, no brakes on the front or the back at all. There's just no brakes on this no motorcycle warrior. whatsoever. Um, it is truly a real competition flat tracker. It's very funny that they, they give it a, a rating as being like an important motorcycle, top, you know, top 25 motorcycles because this isn't even this isn't viable you can't purchase this it's just track fodder um there's nothing about this uh at all that you can that you could purchase or, or have or anything and and honestly i feel like this is a this is where this uh article fucks up because honestly an xr 750 it could have been any xr 750 they raced forever I, I think in the article it says 50 years, right? Right. So, uh, yeah, Jay Springsteen, think- Scott Proc- Parker, Joe Cup, Jared Meese, and Brad Baker, all, Every, like, not shitting you. That XR750, I don't think it needs to be on the list because it's, bu- it's not a bike you can buy other than, and they didn't need to put a year on it. They could have put, like, any one of the years right. on it. Um, NSR500. So here we are again. Uh, so, is- talk amongst yourself. We'll be right back. Are you going to be in your bunk, huh? Right back. He's gonna go rub one out real quick. Uh, Gotta <laughs> get those white blood cells up. That's exactly right. Uh, I can I can absolutely tell you that the NSR five hundred is a racing. It's a it's a race bike. Period. That's it. It's just like the flat tracker we just saw. It's just a race bike. It was the bike that you graduated to after you'd done fifty cc GP, after you'd done two fifty GP. Then, of course, what your your team would be invested in you enough to like have a helicopter standing by in case you got hurt, and they'd put you on the five hundred cc. And that's what this is. I'm two stroke. Oh, the NSR was a, a two stroke three cylinder V, right? Yeah. Yeah, and the bonkers, you know. But again, that was the idea, right? And this was that era. Now, what's hilarious is this, of course, for the example in the the, the timeline, they call this a two thousand and one, right? So they call it a two thousand one NSR five hundred, and that probably is the high water mark, right? but these bikes didn't change a whole hell of a lot between the mid 80s and 2001. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was really the only thing that changed on these was the brakes and the suspension because the drivetrain didn't change a whole hell of a lot. Actually, it says in
5: the article, even though they they called it a 2001, the the actual picture is a
0: 1997. Yeah, that's a mid 70s Repsol, yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're gonna put this kind of bike on the list, then where's the TZ750? Absolutely, thank you, John. The Yamaha. A little love for our Dean Middleton and our Yamaha brothers, you know, all of the the TZs. Where the fuck are they? Because they were every bit as important. Uh, That's another strong recommendation for the Isle of Man. uh, If you love GP road racing and you're a fan of that and you grew up with it, go to the Isle of Man because you'll be like, I didn't know they built that many TZs. And they're in people's gardens, you know, (laughs) and you're like, Jesus Christ, that's a two stroke 750. You mean they grow them? Yeah, they grow them. They grow them there. They have. They already come in Dunlop livery. They already. They're all yellow and black, right? Uh, so, up to the two... Now here's the RC two eleven V. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. GP road racing is going to four stroke. Well, how are we gonna go to four stroke? Well, let's give you a. Let's give you a thousand cc limit, and. Let's tell you that GP is now going to be four strokes. We're we're not going to have polluting two strokes anymore. And Honda showed up and literally said, okay, that was easy. Next. Uh, Wow. V5. This bike is madness. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is as much power as you can put into, you know, 21 inches of metal. I don't think that anything... uh, 211 V because it was 211 horsepower and that's wild and four-stroke just super cool man Uh, if you if you ever thought you liked Nicky Hayden uh, Valentino Rossi all the guys were killing each other on these bikes and it was just because they finally had a bike that wasn't a two-stroke it was completely controllable it wasn't peaky and weird it was a bike that they could use like a fucking scalpel. Mm-hmm. And it was insane. And I like where they say there was talk of a five-cylinder RC211V road bike. No, there wasn't. Are you <laughs> kidding me? That shit was pure angel tears. I mean, that's if, a race bike. If you were watching these guys race back then, when the four-strokes
2: came in, all their racing styles completely changed. Yes, And
0: yeah, you they started told, backing you, them in.
2: Yeah, well, not only that, but like, so they'd be like, in, in the two stroke days, it was all about the straightaway and then trying right. to muster through like the turns the best you can. Mm-hmm. But all the shit happened on the straightaways. That's right. It was so controllable that they yeah. started to the, the, like all the defensive riding and all the yeah. aggressive riding and like figuring out how to how to outbreak and then pass in turns and stuff. Really started to. I mean, it was always there,
0: obviously, but like they really, like you said, they it's a scalpel tool now. It was amazing. I loved watching the racing when this when this bike came in when this bike showed up. It made the two strokes look quaint um and it it did it really was this this thing was fierce yeah and And, the styling it's what 15 years old at this point and it could have came out yesterday i mean like oh no it's it's it looks like the future right now i mean it looks like the future 20 years ago it's a fucking brilliant bike and and again uh it changed the whole world of road racing yeah yeah absolutely earns its place Wow. Okay. Here we go. So, 2015. See, so what's with all the what's with all the road bikes? I mean, like, why don't they have
1: like a, a WR 426?
0: And this is, and you know what? You're absolutely right, Steve. And I think that I think that this thing is all about. It's literally street or road racing motorcycles. They have not given one hint of. They haven't given uh, any other hint than the GS, change, you know. But and, I mean, like a WR 426 was a that was a game changing. Yes, engine. it was absolutely the the and i think if this would have been a 50 bike list that probably would have made it because you're right the that big four stroke when that when that big yamaha showed up that dub that four twenty six showed up and it changed everything. That was. Do you, do you think that they, it's, so they're saying motorcycle? Most people yeah. associate a motorcycle with road and right. it would be like dirt bike or greatest dirt bike. Yeah, bike. they haven't really. I mean, the GS is as close as they get to a dirt bike in this thing. Yeah, yeah. and it's still a road bike generally. But not for nothing. I mean, I can I can respect where they're coming from, and I'm not going to tear their ass out because every bike they've named so far, and I think the Harley Flat Tracker. Is probably they should have actually put that in the 1976 category, right, or the 19, you know, 70 category, because that's when the XRs started being a flat track thing. They didn't. They shouldn't. They should have put it different in the stacking order. Um, I think yes. I think that the new Kawasaki Ninja H2R, although having the dumbest name, um, I know what they were doing. I know why they called it an H2R, but. And fuck you. It's not an H2. There's nothing about it that's an H2. It doesn't have three cylinders. It's not a two stroke. It's it, ugly It's and not an H2. You know, no. an H2. Nothing, nothing about this bike is anything other than a four cylinder Ninja. But like look at this. So like like
2: this is 2015 and this right. is 2006. Right. This is mm-hmm. so much sexier than
0: this fucking thing. Well, because the 2015 Ninja H2R has a front styling treatment that was done by the Matrix graphic design department. Right. That's like dread. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it is ridiculous, and it, it's kooky, and it's it's nuts. But I mean, are we are we completely like I don't know this. I'm just asking. Like, is
2: this did they take it to a wind tunnel and like the wind tunnel told them they needed this shit or is this? Like, I don't know. Mirror? I think they I, I think they watched
0: it. too many uh Fast and the Furious movies. Well, oh, this this does have the
3: the delta. Like, if you look up on the top, yeah, what looks like it could be a mirror. Those are just like wings, uh, p-tards or whatever. I forget yeah, what you sort of call
6: spoiler.
0: Yeah, yeah, like yeah. on the. uh uh, whatever. I have gotten to ride these bikes, um, not the R, of course, because nobody I know has that kind of money, but I've gotten to ride the regular H2, and what I will say is, it is fantastic. The supercharger is magnificent, but keep in mind that the supercharger is done to give you 1,300 cc's of power out of a 1,000 cc motor, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. The supercharger keeps this machine light and it keeps it efficient. I see. And it keeps it within the numbers for uh, EPA. So for a a 999 machine, you know, a 1,000cc machine, this thing bats way above its weight. It punches way over its class because of that supercharger. And I think that this is an exercise in, hey, look, we can put a supercharger on a 450, give it the power of a 1,000, but the weight of a 350, you know? And I think this was really, you know, obviously this is the, the race model, 310 horsepower. You're not gonna get that out of the street model. But the bike that I rode was remarkably powerful. It was amazing. And it still got its ass kicked by a zero SR.
2: I was just going to ask you, like, I, I remember watching a video from some black dude, like from Cleveland, that has a review. His channel. name is
0: his name is Ebe Ibrahim. Yeah, that's good. Um, that's good. his channel is called Six Fifty IB, and he's a super sweet human being. Um, I would give love to him at all times because he's got like you know the Doug Demuro videos for cars. Yeah, so he's like the Doug Demuro for cars, but he does it for motorcycles and he's built himself an amazing collection of motorcycles um, but he's a, just a very cool guy and i would tell you that i would have no problem letting him ride any bike we sell even though the first time i met him he's like yeah i want to i want to take one of those zeros out for a test ride and for my youtube channel and i watched his youtube channel i was like uh uh-uh, uh i'm not letting take my daughter to prom <laughs> when your name is anal j anelson you know and uh, it turns out he's a great guy but the zero beat it, though, right? I mean, that's what I saw. <laughs> the zero beat it, and I will put two asterisks after it. And the zero beat it in a quarter mile. Right. And the zero wouldn't have beaten it if it would have been three quarters of a mile, right? So it was the perfect conditions, uh, a, a very, you know, very bad, uh, rough Road, You know, it wasn't a track. We weren't on good sticky asphalt or good sticky concrete. Um, we were on a side street and it was go. And so the zero has 116 foot pounds of torque and doesn't ever have to touch the clutch. It just goes, it pulls from zero RPMs all the way to winning. Had that race been another hundred meters long, he would have beaten me.
8: Mm -hmm.
0: But, it just so happens these circumstances were that I had him by two bike lengths at the end of the race because the Zero doesn't like going over 100. The, that generation of Zero doesn't like going over 116 miles an hour and the new generation of Zero doesn't like going over 126. Gotcha. This bike, of course, has no problem going 200. So yes, this bike is faster. Now, is it quicker? No, well, it's, it's almost a draw. Mm-hmm. Is that 310 net or is that 310 gross? That's 310 gross, I think. I think that 310 horsepower on that is probably super- gross. I don't think it's net. Um, I think that's probably 310 on the crank, Yeah, as they say, but still 310 on the crank is still probably 300 at the back door, so... But I would think that supercharger would take up some, some uh, ponies. <clears throat> I think that, you know, riding a bike with a supercharger was just a visceral, visceral experience. All right, now here we go. I'm going to back away from this one right now because I don't think I have anything good to say. <laughs> so this is the 2020 Ducati Superleggera V4. Yeah. Uh, I would like to remind everybody that the phrase Superleggera means super light. Like, it's absolutely the lightest thing in the world. You can't get anything lighter because it has the word super in front of it. So Leggera is light, and Super Leggera would be super light, right? And that's what this is. Um, This bike is such an abomination that they painted the carbon fiber parts. Uh, Usually in motorcycles, the carbon fiber parts are carbon fiber colored because we're very proud of the Italian chrome. And then the bodywork parts are made of something other than carbon fiber. I think this entire bike is carbon fiber, right down to the wheels. Um, It is, you know, two hundred and twenty some horsepower, two hundred and thirty horsepowers. What is kooky about this? Yeah, the sub the subframe. Yeah, that subframe is carbon fiber. The swing arm is carbon fiber. Um, Yes, I think the I think the needle on the speedometer is carbon fiber. Uh, (laughs) I think the tires are carbon fiber. Yeah. And these you, are one hundred thousand dollar hairs apiece. Have you seen some of the videos
2: of like they they whoever who was on Ducati, the MotoGP guys? They handed a couple of these bikes to these guys stock, and they let yeah. them go on a track. Yeah. and their lap times were like two seconds slower
0: than there were three or whatever. Wow, like a ridiculous thing compared you know. to their MotoGP bikes. It was because this shit. is a MotoGP bike. This is a MotoGP bike that somebody has put. And if you look at this picture, I defy you to find the turn signals. Mm. Yeah, no, there's like, no license plate bracket there's no license plate bracket the there's no trans there. purchase like the new r1s now they hide them inside here so that's oh, all the mm-hmm. headlight is, is it's like literally a uh it's it's a it's, a, it's a, a literally something you put on your helmet it's a headlight yeah it's an actual <laughs> you know like that's not yeah. standard equipment you just put it on your helmet and you're good to go and these things are crazy i mean these are these are nuts but like ninety
2: nine point seven percent of people that ride motorcycles have no need for this whatsoever. so like you couldn't even, oh, no.
0: I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't
2: put air in the tires in a, an aggressive enough manner to make this worth a while owning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Steve. Those tires will only accept nitrogen. Right, I'm sure. No, you put no in hydrogen. Power.
3: Hydrogen, so they're lighter. I I thought helium,
0: but okay. <laughs> um, helium would be a better choice.
1: Yeah.
0: So it's not like combustible. What's crazy, here's what's crazy about it. Um, we, I don't like the way it looks. <laughs> yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. I'm not a fan of the styling. And and as crazy as that sounds, it looks to me like a. It looks like a. It looks like the guy that does airbrush and airbrushes t-shirts at the mall. Yeah literally like the tails that are way up in the air yeah, like that yeah it looks like the guy who airbrushes t-shirts in the mall if you told him you had a red r6 and you're like yeah paint me up a red r6 on the front of this wife beater that this is what he would paint <laughs> <laughs> and then he put a ducati logo on the bottom because he didn't know any better right right but yeah to me that this motorcycle obviously it's not my problem i will never be in the running to own one yeah. ever uh it's got to have the world's fastest depreciation because I know that they cost hundred grand a piece. Well, that and the, f- the fact that it's race technology, and race technology yeah. is always changing. Exactly. I well, mean, I think that if you burned your money, it might depreciate faster than if you bought this bike.
2: Well, and I want to know. So, like, my buddy Mark, who was always the Ducati guy, he was a Ducati yeah. tech he, he had like the sickest Ducati, and then he, he heard about a rumor, so he sold it and he bought a two year old super bike from yeah. the Superbike series. Yeah. And he paid like, even at the time, it was like he double mortgaged everything. He was a single guy. He paid like forty or $50,000 for the bike. It right. came in a crate with all this stuff. For a month, he couldn't start the bike because they forgot to send the laptop. And the only way oh. to start the bike is with the <laughs> laptop. And then he was starting to get into it. And like, you know, we used to do these, these runs on Sunday mornings down to New Philly and do all this road, you know, like the curvies yeah. and stuff. Curvy, yeah. yeah. And so he was like, yeah, I got to get gas, but I can't use any gas that they sell here. So right. he had to buy, it was like 123 octane race gas, and it was $50 a gallon. And
0: yeah, you so- can only buy ga- gas that comes in a five-gallon metal barrel. Or 55 gallons, yeah, either one of those. Right. Right, yeah. That's the only way to buy gas for these things. Right. I mean, so like, yeah. You're,
2: so your $100,000 bike, or in his case, his $50,000 yeah. bike, just to ride it was like $1,000 a weekend.
0: Yeah. You know, and, it's insane. And realistically, unless your name is on the back of somebody else's trailer, mm-hmm. the only way to own something like this is if you don't own it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only way to have fun on one of these is to be good enough that somebody else is paying you to go around track. So and that's cool. It. That was it. And, and, Again, for a 25-bike list, I think that it's a really good list because it approaches some things differently. I know that we would make a list a little bit different than this. But it is fun. It's fun to look at that, and it is fun to think back, like, in 1923, that BMW R32. That's a bike that I think any one of us, you know, whether it's the levers that come at you the wrong way from the end of the handlebars, or it's that crazy leaf suspension above the front fender, um, the shaft drive is so cool. I think that there's so many things about that 1923 BMW R32 that all of us— you know would be like yeah i'll take a go on that for sure right well and they even admit right here if you look like how yeah. you know, they argued with each other and stuff and they're not
2: saying it's definitive they're like did, it, no. did your favorite make it so i mean I yeah, think yeah they're of course smiling kind of something you know That's
0: no good. i really like it I, I gotta tell them i gotta tell you that when uh when big ben sent this over to me i was like you know oh another top 25 list or a top 10 list or whatever we've been through this shit so many times mm-hmm. but um these the author of this list i think did a really good job and that was fun and and it's it's cool, you know?
1: I wouldn't you know the R5, though, over the... I think the R5s look way better than... Not, not that that bike looks bad. That bike's beautiful. Right. But an R5 is like more
0: Art Deco. And and Steve, what year did your R5... Or what, what year was the first year it was available? I want to say uh 38. F- yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I was thinking just right... Just before Hitler. I mean, literally... It was the last bike that you could buy before all the motorcycles went to be military production.
1: Right. And then right. they lost the chrome. They went to uh, yeah. black painted mufflers because right. of the war effort. And, uh, I but I, I just think the heads, I mean, those are kind of cool. But those heads on that R32 remind me of there's a scooter yeah. that had a opposed twin like that.
0: Yeah, the the Velocet Viceroy. Velocet, uh, yeah. The Velocet, and it, that Velocet reminds me of yeah. that engine right there. Absolutely, and there were a couple of. Um, if you look, I, I'm kind of goofy with old motor uh, airplane motors, and there were a number of uh, jet engine APUs, and so these jet engines, these turbine engines, would have a piston powered motor like an actual two-cylinder or single-cylinder piston-powered motor on the front of the jet engine so that if you needed to start the jet engine that's how you did it you pressed a button and it actually started an internal combustion engine a piston-powered engine and that would get the turbine engine going and that's how you made them work and so yeah there were a couple of uh, like ajs and a couple of other companies did these awesome little 250 cc or 200 cc boxer engine parallel twins and that was how they would get their uh, turbine, their aviation turbine engines started, and uh, that's where that. Oh, that's where that was. That ended up in aviation. So really, kind of a fun thing. Uh-oh. if you ever want to do a deep dive into, uh, if you do a deep dive into uh, piston-powered auxiliary power units for uh, aviation, it's like hilarious because you will recognize some of those motors from the motorcycle industry. I guarantee it. Right. Hey, so
2: that that Rob report thing, they have this other thing like crazy motorcycles, and I was scrolling through it, and most of it's kind of bullshit and whatever. Yeah. I've never seen this before, and this is pretty cool, and it is just a custom. It's not like it's not like a brand of electric bikes or anything. Mm-hmm. But this is badass. Check this thing out. Look at this thing. I like the yeah. top wheel and the whole I mean like that's just, that's a cool aesthetic if you're going to have an electric bike. I mean look it at is. It.
0: I, I do like I do give them credit except for the fact that that is the world's most awful riding position. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not, you're not touring on this. That fairing isn't covering anything either. Right. No, I, are you you not, I like that. You're not touring on this. Not only are you not touring on that, the last time I got in that position, I was in the army. I mean, that's terrible. Not on purpose. No, that's that's the last thing you have to do before they take you. Um, You know, that's the final act of indignity to let you know that they own you.
2: But I do like this. This is cool. The front end. I mean, like, they did some cool well, stuff. Well, the front end
0: is designed to emulate a giant internal drum break. Right. With the really short spokes, which you would see on the water buffalo. The early generation of water buffaloes had that massive four-shoe uh, drum break on it. And it would give you that extremely short. Like, the spokes are only, like, two inches long. Right. And I think that's what that pie plate is doing is it's kind of emulating that um, it's hiding a bunch of things you i know? just thought it was kind of neat it different. It is, it's cool don't get me wrong yeah it's cool I, i'll let you sit on it first <laughs> not even mm-hmm. know. that's what, what she said what do you guys think
6: is missing from that that 25 bikes list i think for me the immediate thing that jumps to mind is there was like five or six well maybe not five or six but at least four or five ducatis on that list and none of them was the monster right
2: yeah, that that's what I, that list, it seemed to be more like just like a dream, like what's your favorite bike list? Not the most practical, not the, it wasn't yeah. like, it didn't seem like it was like their most groundbreaking bikes,
0: because you're right, I mean, the Monster was great. It, I have a better idea, if you'll hear it. Everybody pick one bike from that list they would remove. Hmm. I mean, so many, because most of them are unaffordable. Everything after two thousand easily. <laughs> so I would I would I would immediately go in there and I would remove the um I would remove the Harley Davidson flat tracker. Yeah. Um and was I would that, remove it because
1: is honorable mention though? I mean it appeared that in the thing it said honorable mention. I mean it was in the twenty five, you know? it was it twenty five or was that honorable mention? Well, I, think, I think I think it was
6: in the yeah, I think they yeah. come. Because uh, I, mean, I thought it come.
1: said, and we have to mention it. I, I, I thought it said the first line of it that it was honorable
6: mention. Oh, really? Oh, oh. I didn't read anything. Yeah. I, I, oh, I read I, all the stuff, and it yeah, said i out, on 25. I mean, so, but I, I would take that that out pink out and blue thing. Yeah, I would Luckily take out that the the V1000. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, it just doesn't have that much to do with anything else, you know?
2: Right. Yeah. No, yeah. it really doesn't. And, yeah, I, I can't even. Where is that bike? I can't even find it now. Where, I might talk
0: about twenty-five bikes. You have to be like, it has to be a subset of twenty-five bikes. I right. mean, and I really, product. if I would have, I would have taken that. Um, I think the Sportster being in it was a great idea, and I, I have no problem with the Sportster being in it. But I think I would have taken out the Flat Tracker, and I would have put in an FLH, like an original Electra Glide, because that original Electra Glide, because oh. it was, it started as a military motorcycle with the WLA. And then it went into being a police motorcycle, and it was a very well-rounded, and in America, they were racing those off-road. I mean, that was a big thing. So that one motorcycle, that one family, whether you're going to go with the 750cc WLA or going into the, w, the FLH, uh, the, the, the Electroglide, when you, that family was really, I mean, that's a very important part of motorcycle history. To what you said before, Phil, and what Steve just said, it is the first paragraph
2: says, it's not entirely fair to single out the 2000 XR 750 for special mention, as right. it's part of a story that stretches close to half a century on America's dirt yeah. tracks. That's true. The XR true. can legitimately claim the title of the most successful race bike in history of all time in any class, in any
0: form of competition. Yeah. Absolutely, and, yeah. I, and I do agree with that, that, as a kid growing up, when we'd go to the flat track races, the, the Harley XRs were where you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. The, the real the truth of the matter is, the vast majority of people were on Hondas. The vast majority of people were on Honda 500s, and that's where the Ascots came in and all that delicious stuff, the 500ccs that, that just dominated on the track until you had your name on somebody else's trailer, in which case they put you on a 750 Harley.
3: Well until the TZ750s came
0: along and cleaned their clock you not you not 2 the years they were banned. And honestly the TZ750 worked in everything. It worked on dirt, it worked, you know, it worked in flat track, it worked on road racing. There was very few things and that's why I think the TZ750 was missing in this list. Um, but, you could have had one list got it and XR
1: TZ XL series bikes too because <laughs> those were the main competition for like in the transition from two strokes to four strokes mm-hmm. you look at how honda put so much money into that the racing community for the xr's yeah. for the small displacement xr's like the 125s right. and the 250s yep to and and now there are i mean it, it, four strokes are dominant i mean right. well, i mean uh, also because of emission control
0: things mm-hmm. but but four strokes became competitive with two strokes. So and, forced, and you know what and I'm happy to say that I lived through the period of time when I watched two strokes that were completely dominant, nobody could keep up with a two stroke. They were amazing. And then to watch technology force four strokes to be better. And when you when the, when a guy would come out to the track or the guy would come out with his big Yamaha and it was a four stroke and it had it had the power on the top end, but more importantly, it had the balls on the bottom end, and he didn't have to rebuild his motor after every third race. You know, so he could get twelve races out of a motor. Because and, what did you want a YZ? I mean, yeah. when you when it first started out, everybody wanted a YZ.
3: That's right.
1: And then so, it just transitioned into.
3: Yeah, but don't discount the. Elsnor when the Elsnor came out it was the first real ridiculous motocross bike sure. we're going to talk no, about no that. i'm not i'm not discounting it but what i'm yeah. saying is honda i
1: mean that was kind of a i want to say it's like a, a side project for
3: the list was too all over the place because as soon as you put the britain in there that's right you could then it's any, any i want a Alt y2k then i yeah. want to put the y2k on that list yeah. i want a turbo bike i want yeah. I mean, it, it didn't I think that, stick. I mean, it I think, think it's, it's
1: family-wise. I mean, this is a proge- progeny. So you look at the R32, and the
0: R32's progeny is exists today. You know what? You I know think me? John John brought up the point that all the bikes, like, after 1996 or something, that the idea of, look, they put the Briton in there just so they could pat John Britton on the back. That's why they did it. Yeah. That's why that bike was there. Um, there so many of the bikes that they put in there were bikes that none of us could ever possibly own, even if we earned 10 times what we earn right now. So, because those bikes there, there's only 300 of them and they're in a museum somewhere, right? So they're the greatest bikes of all time. If you, if you were a millionaire, right? Exactly. So I think that if you did say, okay, we're going to make the rules of the list are going to be a little bit different. The rules are going to be, can you potentially own this bike? Then the list changes dramatically because the Britain's no longer on there, the NSR's no longer on there. Like it pulls like six bikes off that list real quick if yeah. they're bikes that you might potentially be able to own.
2: Well, you know? and Smith Smith pointed out something that they completely missed a fucking ball on. What was that? That is these boys and girls.
0: Oh, yeah. The Indians, yeah. 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 How did they not bring up any of that, man? Come on. like that. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you're right. And that's where it's like why these lists end up always being the top 100 motorcycles. Yeah. I mean, I got a book that was from the Guggenheim that's 100 motorcycles, you know? You have Man. an Indian Four sitting there, and you have a
3: Bro bruff Superior yeah. sitting there. Which right. one do you choose? You know what?
6: Here, this is that's a hard. That's a. Uh, do I have to ride
0: it? Because if one I have you, to, if not have, necessarily. If <laughs> I have to look at <laughs> it, it has to do with what you want. Yeah. If I have to look at it, it's going to be the Indian Four Cylinder. Yeah. If I'm going to ride it, it's going to be the Bruff. Yeah, because the the bruff was a performance motorcycle by. Any standard in its day, you know, oh, it was my. twenty years ahead of anybody else that came out.
3: The Indian Four will do a hundred mile an hour, exactly.
0: Right. It's it's a different, yeah, but, a but different then, application you, of power. But then do
3: you, do
1: you um do you give it to the Indian Four or do you give it to Henderson who died testing that and had Indian bought out his company and took over his four cylinder development? Exactly. So I mean, you have to look at you look at the history right is it? i mean are you going by the history or who like like the, the epitome of the technology
2: you guys remember the, the bike we were just looking at and talking about the uh the, the 1974 ducati yeah check
0: this shit out It yes, sold for hundred and ninety eight thousand yeah. dollars. yeah this is this is my point yeah mm-hmm. just buy the paul smart replica just yeah. <laughs> like, look at that but look at some of these at a paul sm- steve a just pull up a paul smart replica Okay, and uh-huh. if you pull up, just type in Paul Smart Replica, you're gonna have a much better experience, and it's still a motorcycle that when I owned one, I still didn't like it. Like Phil, every time you say that, I think Paul Blart Mall Cop. Paul Blart Replica. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of segue.
1: Auction go off yet for the
2: Honda? Uh, was was that uh, the, the lot of Hondas? I was looking. That's what I'm. I'm going to go back and look in a minute. Yeah. Here, here's your Paul Fart or Paul Blart. What? God damn it!
6: <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're welcome, Jesus Christ. There you go. Oh, that's yeah, beautiful. Is, you know, this is one of those bikes that it, it, it's just that kind of a thing. They're out there. They're they're affordable. Occasionally, you'll pop across one. 18, uh, it, it's ten percent of the actual value. Yes, of bikes. and you don't have to. You can just get. Uh, sport 1000 you can just buy a ducati sport 1000 yeah. and then go take it and get it painted uh you don't need to spend all that money and you'll have the same bike it to, take it to sleepy you'll paint it that color yeah. that's yeah.
6: right exactly
0: right yeah
6: hey guys speaking of owning these bikes i know several of us have owned one of these bikes has anybody owned two of those bikes
0: on that list yeah Uh, i'd have to go back and have a quick look at the list
2: i well Um, i've owned i own seven 900 rrs well that doesn't count
0: that doesn't count yeah i've 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 (laughs) I've owned multiple r1s has
4: anybody ever done the 25 best motorcycles with square headlights
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Are there
1: any good ones with square headlights? The
0: 25 best motorcycles with square headlights. I'm pretty, I'm I'm going to gaze into the crystal ball and I'm going to see a lot of early 80s Suzukis. <laughs> <laughs> I got one of those. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of early mm-hmm. 80s Suzukis. I'm nominating the Honda Ascot. The Honda Ascot absolutely. <laughs> My favorite bike we should absolutely, for the podcast, we should do the best the best 25 motorcycles with square headlights. I think that's totally, <laughs> we, can, we can put that together. As, as an homage to affordable illumination.
3: <laughs> Dude, there's a guy looking to buy the CB1. I think he's coming up on Saturday. Oh, yeah? And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I want to take the fairing off and put the original round in. Oh, like, man. Okay, like, good. That's fine. That's Just probably a good
0: idea. I I agree with that. I agree Take with that. The fairing off, sell it, get some money out of it, and and make it what it is. What I would do, John, in that situation is, if that was his impulse, I would say, I'm going to do you one better, sir. I'm going to remove this fairing for you and keep it here. Yeah. So you're not relying on him to give it to you when he takes it off. Right. I so would no, definitely. He's say
3: buying the bike with the fairing on. He's, yeah. Well, are you selling it for? Yeah.
1: What's that? How much is he offering you?
3: Well, I'm asking $2,500.
0: Yeah. That's a good deal for that bike. So I think so. Do him a solid. Take the fairing off for him. Right? Take the fairing off for him. Do him a solid. And then when the bike leaves, then I will uh, put you in touch with Robot, and you can sell that fairing to Robot because he's got my old CB1. And I'll bet you that he would put that fairing on my old CB1. Because it's such a. Trick. What color was yours? Red. Mm. Yeah. So the you'd have a blue fair. Yeah. They have a spray booth right there at the shop. I mean, they. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That wouldn't be a big deal. America. So I, I looked up
2: and the auction has not taken place yet, but I want to show you guys something. Yeah, go if ahead. You hold, if you hold on to anything long enough, even something that, like, on any given day in 1991 or two, you would see 175,000 of these in a single day anywhere in Cleveland right but now look at this wait ready so here we are I'm looking at that checked and yeah it's still yeah. not happening yet right not Well, not done yet right let's scroll down and see if anything jumps out at you that should not be in an auction
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no shit huh really like that's valuable are you kidding me yeah is that, is that an F1 yeah it's, it's a, an F1 it is it's the first it's an F1 it's just yeah, a that's shitty an F1. F1 it's an F1 yeah it's, my god man yeah uh-huh. that is an F1 it looks Real pretty clean or something. I don't know. Hold on, documents. But, I mean, documents, documents. sell Do we have a price on that? No, I don't it, think it's, it's sold like, yet. Yeah, it's, it's got the it, factory original pipes on it. No reserve. The metal's not even like you know. No, and you know what? Here's the problem. You see that fairing? That's not the original factory stripe. That's an aftermarket. I think that bike's been uh, resprayed. Because oh, you see the hard line. See the hard line yeah, between the black stripe it. and the bodywork. They That's came. a sticker. Yeah, they came with stickers. Believe it. Yeah. or not. they really. Yeah, did. that's not nicely clear coated in. I don't think. No, well, but they didn't. It's from Europe.
2: It's yeah, from but they didn't. They did. Like I can, I can, t- I can tell you right now yeah. that they didn't because a lot of dudes took those stickers off. Right, they peel yeah. them off. Yeah, 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 okay. yep, yep, yep. yeah. Yeah. Well, a clean you know. bike, but not that clean. It's got no. thirty thousand I mean, kilometers or miles. I don't miles, right? Yeah, mph.
0: Yeah, that's miles yeah. per hour speedometer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it scratches and shit. I just can't oh, believe Meekam would have it. No reserve, So It does
2: have the period correct ball buster, though, It does right have there. the period <laughs> correct.
0: <laughs> yeah, it does.
2: Because then, you know what you had? You had the red leathers with this matching fucking thing on your yes, shoulder, you elbows. Absolutely.
0: And mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, that's, that's you know okay. what? Right. That is, that's the malaise era. That's the malaise era motorcycle right there. Yeah. You're like, yeah, okay. That's fair. I
2: I liked when everything had ridges. Elbows had ridges. Everything had ridges. Shoulders
3: had ridges. (laughs) Ruffles have ridges. Ruffles (laughs) have ridges.
1: (laughs) I like the ridges on my gloves.
2: it it makes it and really like well yeah if you turn them around it gives you know it's a nice friction
0: (laughs) i've got i've got one of those uh circa 1985 rob halford judas priest leather uh riding jackets that all the guys in mad max wore yeah with the like everybody on mad max had the same jacket yeah and i i managed to score one of those years ago when dixie was going out of business and it was in the original packaging from 1983 (laughs) <laughs> and i mean when i took this thing out of the package it i was like i was a fright i was frightened the leather was going to break <laughs> that's like it, when
2: nick but nick bought those uh, original 1975 bubble shields and that yeah. smelled like it smelled know, so mean, terrible
6: yeah oh i didn't No, that was, no, that was, cam, was cam cam and henry henry uh bought yeah. bought those and and they made them faster on the trill hopper they it, did. Uh, it, it added at, at least <laughs> one and a half miles per hour 1.5 miles per hour yeah <laughs>
3: That's so funny. Dick's doing an interesting little project. He's upgrading his CT.
6: Yeah. 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 Um, I. Bought some uh, some XR one hundred four. Actually, they're CRF one hundred, which is the same thing. Yeah. Uh, forks uh, on Facebook Marketplace for like fifty bucks. I picked them up for, um, and I've got some. I think they're XL one eighty five shocks. That was when the XL still had the the tool, dual shocks, um, and I think they'll fit. And I'm I'm hoping for like two inches of extra ground clearance and and some better suspension on my CT90, or CT140. I'm sorry, this uh, is going to be the CT140R. Yep, that's right, <laughs> that's right. I got a a, a a CR125M Elsinore front fender, which is going to look pretty sweet, I think. Yeah. I wonder, would
0: you
3: put? I wonder how that's going to stack up against the pit bikes out at the farm. Yeah. We'll see.
0: That's we'll fair. So, I mean, in the nomenclature, we have to keep the C because it's a it's a Honda Street, right? Yeah, so yeah. It's a street, so we have to keep the Honda C. It can't it's be an R because it's a it's a four stroke. Well, we have to keep the T. We have to oh yeah
6: it's yeah trail
0: right? yeah. and it's yeah. a step through. So it's a step through. You know, it's a step through step steel frame. So CT1, it's a CT one so 140 140 because it's a one forty, mm-hmm. and then after that. Well, you could do an L because it's a four stroke. Yeah, um, you could do add four R's. R R. Right, uh-huh. but R I think
6: is appropriate because <laughs> well, it, it can't be it can't be R because R was like the old XR trail bikes, right? It was like XR two hundred R uh, versus if like the, R a like was a on the
0: front. So if the R oh yeah, you're right, you're number. right, right. So if the R was before the number, I would agree with you, but I think after the number. Uh, oh that's right. Was it called the XL six fifty R? Yeah, the, the x The S's, okay. the S's, the S's so had, had dual yeah. shocks and the Rs had mono shock. That's correct. So okay. remember this. If you're a Honda guy or so it, be Honda guy, it remember, could be an S guy. Just remember. If it's XR, that's for racing. If it's XL, that's for lame. Uh, if you the XRs were always the performance-based four-strokers. The XL's were the um, civilian-based four-strokers. Yeah. I like the it would be an RS, it's a rally sport. An RS, yeah, that, 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 would, be sense? Your, that would be your Camaro. <laughs> so, <laughs> Only <laughs> the best Camaros were the rally sports, right? <laughs> oh yeah. That yeah. was the top of the Camaro range, mm-hmm. was the rally sport. Yeah.
2: So it must be something about this time of year or something that you chose to, to pull up that last article. Cause I was just kind of snorting around looking for something to, to do or not yeah. to, do, to bring up and uh look at this the same day that we just did this rider's choice what is the most beautiful motorcycle in the world and it's completely wait. different than what we just saw on that other
6: list yes well this is only after beauty you know it's yeah, not no 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 because look at so they okay that's obvious. Uh, uh, it's yeah. not good.
2: but then wait it gets better because you're yeah. in my favorite uh whatever this uh, is <laughs> That's the Aston Martin. It's hideous. But then, yeah. you know how we all second-guessed a certain bike on the other list? Right. Apparently, a lot more fucking people like it. Uh, not that one. That's no. <laughs> I was going to say. Wait, no, no, say. but hold on, hold on. And... No, no, no. There it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Bike, right? yeah, right. yeah.
0: So yeah, I, well, because it's ADV, so ADV never makes any declarative statements. They always are like, do you like this? Yeah, right. Is this what you want in a motorcycle? Mm-hmm. I wonder if this is what you're thinking of, because ADV makes it a point of being like, don't make fun of people who ride hardly Abelson's. Right. You know, um, ADV said, is taking always taking this very centralist, marketable road right down the middle. The um, most beautiful bike ever made
1: yeah. is that BMW... That was totally
0: encased. the The R one was it, or the K one?
1: No, no, it was old. It was like in the 30s. It was like oh, an shit. Art
0: Deco bike. You know oh, which shit. one it is, Phil. Um, I was thinking that the Deco the Deco bike was um, not a BMW at all. That I was thinking that the Art Deco bike was uh, the black one. It was totally encased. It was. I
1: thought it was a BMW that was totally encased. Or maybe it was maybe it isn't a BMW, but, but,
3: yeah, I think Scott, I, you might be thinking of that Scott three cylinder. No,
0: it's a it, it, bike. I looks, think you're thinking of the Henderson. Hmm. Mm. No, it was not the Henderson. It was a
1: totally, it was, I, I'm pretty sure it was a BMW. I'll, I'll see if I can find it. Yeah, see if you can but find it. I better it. not open up a screen because then I won't be able to close it.
2: Wow, type in most beautiful motorcycle ever made. You get a lot of opinions. <laughs>
0: oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's the one, but I can't see it. Oh, that thing. Yeah, mm. what is that? That's sweet. That's BMW. Okay. Yeah. But again, I mean there are there wow. are a number of gorgeous. I mean, I think I think that when it comes to motorcycles, there's been more that are pretty than more that aren't pretty. Uh it's Steve, hilarious. can you look up the Scott Scott Model 3S? Yeah, the Scott 3S. Yep. That's a gorgeous bike. Let me try to find a a full. Yeah.
2: All right, here's a shot. I think let me uh, do a little 1934
0: R7. The R7. Okay, yeah. That's okay. the R7. That's the one I showed you a picture. Here's John Scott 3. Yeah. That's the Scott. Okay. But the R7, the R7 is I think the R7 is every bit as handsome as the Henderson. Uh, and the R7 is probably very rideable, whereas the Henderson looks like. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, here it is. Okay. That R7. Man. Oh, gotcha. And BMW first. There it is. is. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty that's the good BMW point. R7.
4: What about pretty- the Vincent Black Prince enclosed
0: models? Right. The the Prince enclosed. That's another great one. Oh, man. The Vincent Black Prince enclosed is beautiful. It's EN. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. But, yeah, it's, oh, wow.
1: uh, That's a nice, that's a very nice-looking bike.
0: But, you know, to me, that comes in, that could just get parked next to a Triumph bathtub. Yeah, uh, a Thunderbird. They're not that different, right? The lines on the R7 are more art deco. Yeah, no, the R7's gorgeous. This is almost like a Lambretta had sex with a motorcycle. This bike is from the 50s. Well, this bike looks like a Czechoslovakian person saw the R7 and said, I can do that with my bike.
4: (laughs) I met a guy who had one of these uh, up by Hammondsport, New York, and I Uh had video of him starting it up. Oh, yeah. Wow. Looking for a ride down to the Curtis Museum.
6: Oh, that's... Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. That's the modern R7. Okay, it's got disc brakes.
0: It's R7 oh, prototype. Yes. There. there you go. Yeah, there you go. That one is. If you look at the R7, the original old school R7 prototype, it's just beautiful. I've been to the museum. I've saw, I've seen it in the actual BMW museum. It's got like an eight shifter on it, man. Yes. Yeah. That's fucking cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a super cool bike. And if you look at the prototype, if you look at the design thing that you just had up with the disc brakes on it. That was what I was hoping was going yeah, to be. Yeah. Yeah, pull that up the NM the uh, Naimoto Studio one. And, and that would have been great if they if that's what they produced, but they produced some yeah. pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they definitely um, lost it, their fucking way. Isn't um, it called the R eighteen? Right, the yeah. R eighteen. Yeah. yeah, so the R eighteen. You know, and uh, they did just re- they just they just recently released a new R eighteen. Don't look at the, don't even do the prototype. Yeah, production. There you go. The uh, oh, the really? new R eighteen is actually available, right? But this is Mm. the third. Look at this fucking thing. Right. Yeah.
2: It looks like the BMW California with like with the less of a hump or something. Like it's it's very
0: yeah. It's it's very, very hard to see the prototype R eighteen and then see the actual production R eighteen, but they did they did this year. They started to add it they started to make it look a little more like the prototype. Cause I think everyone felt the same way we did. Mm-hmm. When the production unit came out, we all went, Hey, that's not what we saw at the motorcycle show. Oh man. And they so would they, they would have sold a billion did,
2: yeah. of these fucking things if they made this. That's a good looking bike, man.
0: I agree. Yep. And it was even a better looking bike when it was the earlier version of that prototype. So the uh so many things of it had to change for production use so can we uh, look geez. at the AJs porcupine yes you should and Absolutely. and while while you were
6: bringing that up let's um not that this is ugly but let's let's think of what are the ugliest bikes pre 2000 because I don't want the Morpheus or whatever in there and, oh, and all the well, other well, stuff
3: nm4 right at the top of that list right that's the biggest yeah, yeah, yeah. A, is that like a 312 gallon fuel tank? <laughs> it was like, how do you get the gas out of the bottom of the fuel tank? <laughs>
0: fuel pump, baby. It's got a fuel pump in it.
3: Yeah. yeah. Hey, I vote for the CM 400. I hate T. cm 400.
6: Yeah. I hate this. What was?
0: What did you say, John? N
3: M. The M four. Yeah, the M four. That was the the one that I texted you guys earlier that
6: Steve's looking at. This bad boy, hold on. Oh yeah, well yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's something. There you the go. The NM4 is awful. I mean, it's just awful. It's an Akira bike. It's just
2: made for people yeah. that like Akira and mm-hmm. want well, yeah. to. you know what it is. So maybe Stefan would like this because it has the lounge chair built into it. Yeah, office chair strapped to the fucking. Yeah. it's really. Everybody
6: I've yeah. seen ride one though loves the thing. Uh, you know what? Well, they love it because they seeked it out and they bought it. I'm willing to take the Pepsi
0: challenge, but we
6: had a guy contact our shop. What's the past tense of seeked? Is it suck? Suck.
0: (laughs) Sucked. He sucked (laughs) us out. He he sucked us out. The dude sucked us out to go get um, an M4 that was at Sills. So this guy had contacted us and said, Sills won't just hold the bike for me, which I found that to be very strange because I've worked with Sills for years and I believe that they would do that. In any case, what he said was, I'm going to pay you money to go over to Sills and inspect this bike, and if it's everything that they say it is, I want you to buy the bike and re- grab it and get it back to the shop and hang on to it, and I'll, co- I'll make arrangements for transportation, which I, I normally i am going to tell you, I wouldn't have a problem doing that, and if nothing else, it would give me an opportunity to ride an m 4 and he was from California, San Francisco, whatever. And that tells you how rare they are, that he was going out of his way to do that for a bike in Cleveland. But in the time it took me to respond back to him with like, okay, well, how are we going to handle the money? They had sold the bike at Sills, the NM4. So it's not a high-production bike. It's weird enough that people do fucking want it. And so, uh, I don't know, man.
1: I talked to Pam today. Yeah? Yeah, we, were, we bought a like the... Most beast like snowblower off of them because yeah. they sell like power equipment too. Yeah, oh yeah. So they sell these tracked snowblowers that like they, they're they like tree shredders yep. and snowblowers, like on tracks, <laughs> and they're like, and they're huge, they work great. And but anyway, she had given me a call and I was talking to her about a, a hundred, uh, one of the CT 125s. Sure, yeah. And uh, she said that the that Honda's all messed up now that they, the like the ordering is all messed up with honda and they've gone to they have to order every three weeks oh and they they uh like uh can get only one bike of one bike at a time
5: right
0: yeah um yeah that's unfortunate and and i see some motorcycle companies going to that right now because everything is going to be just in time inventory uh none of these places are going to have uh massive stockpiles of bikes hanging around as a result of COVID. So everything's going to change. It's going to be a little bit weird. Uh, it, it's it's going to be ugly. So we have that to look forward to. I think bike buying in the next couple of years is going to get strange. Um, if you guys happen to be in my shop and see the way that they're trying to do the dealer ordering program uh, for the next year, it's, it's kooky. And uh, to that effect, I have some interesting numbers for people. Uh, for people who are nerds and like just fucking numbers, numbers in the motorcycle industry, uh, would you like to guess in in the motorcycle world uh, who had the absolute largest growth? There, the the biggest growth that you could ever imagine of motorcycle manufacturers in the United States on road segment, like bikes, literally on the road. Who? Had more unit sales in 2020 than they did in 2019. The numbers are in. Zero. No. Is that nothing. as a
7: percentage of what they did last well, year versus you, this year?
0: Go for percentage. Percentage is great. Percentage is easy. Yeah. Janice. Not Janice. They
7: sold 148% of what they did the year before. You, granted.
0: Oh, did you know the other thing with <laughs> I only sold three the year before. Janice, Janice, might, Janice might not be registered with the MIC, so <laughs> they might not be listed. They're, there. they're registered with the KEY, though. <laughs> M-O-U-S-E, baby. There you go, baby. <laughs> so the um, uh, They're registered with the KY. So the number one growing <laughs> motorcycle manufacturer, that's in not a nice. question, is Can-Am. And so Can-Am... Can-Am went from 13 and a half thousand units to 17 almost 18,000 units so they went from 13 and a half thousand bikes to 18,000 bikes and it's because can motorcycles they only sell those things right those that's right steve you're right they don't sell motorcycles they sell weird tricycle things right and uh so can am Went from 13,500 bikes to damn near 19 or 18,000 bikes in one year because they introduced their super cheapo Can Am. So they've got a Can Am that is now crazy cheap. And that's what did it. So all the other bikes that they do, crazy numbers of Can Am, you know, spiders that, that, that they do. The Can Am Spider that people are buying is the cheap one and they're buying it in big volumes. So, number two, the number two biggest growth, 28% growth, they went from 18,000 bikes to over 23,000 bikes. Wow. Is Indian
1: Polaris. Okay. Well, that makes sense because, I mean, you would think that uh, people are getting disenfranchised with, with Harley, plus they lost the victory, and so the victory people are are
0: aging, their victories are aging out, so they're going to buy Indians. They're buying think? Indians, that's right, and the, what are they buying? They're buying Indian scouts. So Indian scouts are selling like crazy. And so that company, God bless them, man, uh Polaris Indian went from 18.2, so 18,200 bikes to 23.3. That's massive growth. I mean, that's 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 big. That's 28%. You'd love your company to grow 28% in any given year. Um it's just the coolest thing in the world. The um, royal enfield is doing extremely well because of their new 650s so because of those new twins that they have out they went now granted their numbers are very small they went from 1300 bikes in 2019 to 1800 bikes in 2020 now that doesn't seem like victims
1: what's that they increase their victims quite
0: a bit well if they all bought the 650s i think they're probably doing okay but i hope not too many people went and got those 500s because we'll be the first to tell you that doesn't work out well for most of us um but anyway that's a big deal for them that's a huge percentage point it's not a volume isn't big but it's 41 percent. is massive percentage so that's a big deal for them uh it's only 500 more bikes but just the same that's a big big improvement harley davidson would anyone like to guess what the percentage or the number of units Harley Davidson changed, and which way do you think they changed? They went negative by 25, 30,000 units. Close. They went negative by 23,000 units. That's what I was going to say. 23, <laughs> so they went from 125,000 bikes down to 102. So 102? 102. That's- yeah, but a lot, wait a minute. A lot
7: of their customers died off from COVID.
0: <laughs> 102,000. So here you go, guys. I'm going to keep, I'm going to remind you one time this is only for the United States of America. This isn't for Europe. This isn't for South America or Mexico or Canada. This is just for the USA. And this number is going to fuck you up because at 102,000, which is the lowest number of Harley Davidsons they've sold in a minute, Honda sold only 40,000 bikes. Okay, and Honda's down this year. Everyone's talking about all these COVID sales. No, Honda's down.
2: Everything that That
0: includes groms and monkeys and every little bike that they sell. Um, The 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 name of this category to help you is on highway. Oh, okay. Okay, Okay. so it doesn't count scooters. It does count groms and it does count monkeys. It counts all those bikes, but it doesn't count fifty cc metropolitans, and it doesn't count you know that. But if you you look at the showroom floor,
1: yeah, I mean, the showroom floors are empty. I know. Yeah. Like,
5: I can't believe. So
2: so they must have a supply chain problem. And that's the right point. How did Honda not sell 40,000
0: grams last year? All you see is grams everywhere you look, man. I'm sure. They may have sold 39,000 grams and 2000 of something else. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So, but that's where they are. So just keep in mind the number one selling manufacturer other than Harley is Honda at 40,000 when Honda, when Harley's at one Oh two. So Harley is over two times more unit sales than fucking Honda. That's right. And that tells you what country you're in. If you weren't sure what country, I'm sorry, this way or this way, this, this way, (laughs) This, this way. Okay. That tells you what country you're in. Um, because, Harley-Davidson is over doubling what Honda sells. Right? Sucks, man! So that's a big deal. Um, Kawasaki is next in line, which kind of, honestly, it kind of shocked me because I really thought Yamaha would sell more. Mm. But you Kawasaki does. Kawasaki's very close at 33,000. So Yamaha's half of that. So Yamaha's about 19,000. So Kawasaki's getting more bikes out there. Kawasaki's getting more people on more bikes, twice as many, in fact, that Yamaha is. And- well, what, what are they selling? I mean, I, you wonder what Kawasaki's selling. You know,
1: Are they selling the cruisers and the yeah uh, like the ninjas
2: or a bunch of Vulcans and a bunch of ninjas i, don't I think know they I it did really well, well with that z900 like that yep. retro looking z900 and the z900 cafe that bike's awesome I, I like the w800 myself but yeah but it's slow i mean it's cool looking but I, I i went to uh on the way back from picking up my uh fj09 we stopped at that rick roush thing because it's there and, you know you got to stop oh, yeah. driving and I was able to sit on that, that Z900 Cafe, the green and white one with the thing. Mm-hmm. It's comfortable as fuck. I almost traded the other bike in and bought that, leaving the shop. It was so comfortable. Like, you don't want it to be that good. So I think Kawasaki has a little bit of a sleeper in some ways with some of their bikes like that. Well, the
0: fact that they've got 33,000 bikes compared to Honda's 40,000 bikes is kind of amazing to me. That, that's shocking to me that Kawasaki has that much market dominance. Now, here's a question for you. BMW, Ducati, and KTM and triumph so bmw ducati ktm and triumph i think we can all agree that those are the four that are outside of the big four right yeah so we got the big four we got honda we got kawasaki we got yamaha and we got suzuki and then we got bmw ducati ktm and triumph right Mm mm-hmm it is astonishing how similar their numbers were. I mean, these people sell about 6,000 bikes per year like clockwork, Hmm. all four of these companies. So all four of these companies generally appear to do around 6,000 bikes per year, and they didn't change that much between 2019 and 2020. And I know every dealer in America is saying, COVID was crazy, we sold a lot more bikes. Or at least COVID was crazy. We have less bikes on our floor. And I think that's what Steve was talking about. I think COVID shut down manufacturing for long enough to create a fucking demand for motorcycles. An artificial, uh, mm-hmm. artificial, um, what do you call it, drought, maybe? Yeah. B- BMW dropped 200 bikes. They, they're 200 bikes lower. <laughs> Ducati is 461 bikes lower. That's 10%. Um, KTM is actually about 800 bikes higher. And I think you can blame that on those KTM 390s, those affordable, mm-hmm. cheap KTMs, because we know we sold a few of those. But you know what's neat? It's like I, I was just sitting there, I'm like, 4,000 seems so low. I was
2: like, 4,000 bikes, right? Yeah. If you'd say like an average of $13,000, right? Mm-hmm. That's still $52 million that's of right. Yeah, like I it didn't. Hit, I
0: was like, "How can they survive on four thousand bikes?" But damn, that is a lot of money. Well, keep in mind, at our dealership, which we're a small dealership, we did over two hundred bikes. Right. So you know, when you consider that there's fifty states, I mean, how many dealerships are there? But we were number five in America for Piaggio, mm-hmm. and we were you know, like number four in America for Zero. And you know, it, it's it's very strange when you think like there's a lot of dealers who are performing way lower than we are. There are a lot of people who are putting out very, very small numbers in order for these numbers to work. Um, we all can think like triumph dealers are pretty much everywhere, but they sell 7,500 units in America. Right? So triumph sells 7,500 bikes in America. Um, it, it's it's like okay well when Royal Enfield comes in and sells 1875 bikes you're like oh well that's that's kind of impressive because we know that we can see we can in our brains we can picture where the Triumph dealers are right. but we can't picture where the Royal Enfield dealers are so what about the- zero is zero on that list zero's not on the list uh, so certain manufacturers who produce le- less than a certain number of bikes aren't going to be on this list um, so and they're probably also in a subcategory that's not under this particular listing so Um, I would not be surprised to find out that this list covers uh, just internal combustion-powered motorcycles because it has Enfield on here at 1,875, but it doesn't have Zero. And I know that Zero sold way more than 1,875 bikes. makes you wonder, though, like what – I'd love to see, like, what bikes sold. Like, did Mm -hmm.
1: the – so, like, um, did the – the like, Did the 300 category sell, or did the 500 category sell, or you know, right. like did the, 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 the Enduro sell, did the mini bikes sell? I mean, it's, it yeah. makes you a,
2: wonder. I have a question. So Phil, you'll probably be the, one of the most knowledgeable people on this to answer this. So, you know, I, I have once a week, uh, I get bored and I, I log on to Alibaba and I'm looking right. through all the bullshit that they sell and do whatever. Right. They're starting to have, if you go deep enough into Alibaba and some of these yeah. Chinese sites, they're starting to have conversion kits for bikes for electric. Yes, absolutely. So like they'll, they'll either have a hub drive or they'll have you know a transmission replacement or something yep. and whatever. So like, is there any chance you've 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 been to zero? You've talked to these yeah. people. Are they ever going to do anything like that? Like kind no. of a, like a thing? Nothing? No
0: interest? No zeros. So what zero's happy to do? And now to take the answer no, but let's turn it around. Zero would be totally happy to uh, wake John McElfresh up right now. Oh, there he is. Yeah. The, uh, so, but what Zero would be thrilled to do is if you're a manufacturer, like if you're KTM or you're whoever, they'll be thrilled to design you a battery and a motor and a power controller that you can put into, just like Zero's just signed an agreement with, uh, was it Polaris? Yeah. For the the wheels. wheels. Yeah. yeah Snowmobile. right. There. So Polaris, so Polaris, not doing too bad, but Zero and Polaris are now this, right? Okay. <clears throat> and Zero has, you know, the, if you look at the Tesla Cybertruck, the little cyber quad that they put up in the back of it, that's a Zero. Mm-hmm. So that's a Zero powertrain and a Zero battery system. So Zero seems to be very happy to not design you a scooter and not design you a quad, not design you a jet ski, but they're really happy to sell you the powertrain and the battery. So if you, if I, so say I, I somebody came
2: up and said, Hey, here's a million dollars, start a company. And I right. said, I'd like to make a CB 350
0: retrofit thing for electrics. They would be, de- you could possibly do that with them. I'm certain that they could do it, but I'm certain they would make sure it was your name on it and not zero. Right. Exactly. Cause they don't want liability. They don't want liability. Right, that's yeah. exactly right. I think, and that's why zero doesn't have a scooter. That's why zero doesn't have a cruiser. That's why zero doesn't have a trike. It doesn't have a sidecar rig. Cause every day somebody comes to my shop and tells me, you know what they should do? And I'd like to see an outboard motor. Well, and again, I, I totally agree. To a jet ski or an outboard motor, the idea of electricity on the lake is amazing. Do you know why? Because it's good, because European countries have had hundreds of lakes where you're not allowed to have anything that burns gasoline. Right. And they have survived. at tourist image. Right. Well, and you can, you can
2: tell. Boats. Like when you go to a dock and something like that, you're sitting there and you're by the water on the edge. It's always like you can see all the rainbow shit yeah. that's floating on the side just killing fish and whatever, you know.
0: I don't want to dive in the water and get a mouthful of two-stroke. Right. You know? <laughs> So an electric jet ski is a great idea. Plus, you know how that thing's going to dig? It's going to dig fantastic. Oh, yeah. Like You jump on an electric jet ski, you hit that button on that thing, it's going to rip your clothes off. Well, you've seen those like electric hydrofoil like wakeboards that they have. Like they'll go for two hours at thirty yeah. miles an hour. You know, on these things, and they're they're like four grand. I mean, I'm I'm there the second somebody wants to do. Look, if you want to sell me one thing, sell me a thing that is a motorcycle, snowmobile, jet ski, <laughs> and all I got to do is like put sponsons on it. Like literally, sure. I could just make like a minor change. And that one powertrain can be a motorcycle, a jet ski, and a snowmobile.
2: Or even like, to, I think you talked about this before in one of the shows, but like, um, you know, just have a battery pack in the motor that you can just slap into different frames. Yeah, why not? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, instead of having trying to make one thing into all the stuff. So I only frame, have one ass.
0: Right. But if I have 116 foot pounds of torque motor that's smaller than a bowling ball, mm-hmm. and I have two batteries I can carry, one in each hand, like carrying, you know, two five-gallon cans of gas. Yep. And I can go... Here's my motor, boom, and then do a couple of quick disconnect clamps, and then drop my batteries in, and off I fuck. Now well, whether I'm going to do. pound not the a, snow, yeah,
1: right. Monetarily, these well, mini trucks are perfect for that. I yeah, mean, I agree. You, you look at a like a dump truck's got 72 horsepower, right? Well, I mean, if you put a, a zero motor in, you have right. more torque already. Yep. And what do you use again in a dump truck? You're using torque. You're not yeah, used, a, you're the using horsepower. Torque. Is really. Um, not consequential so right. so I mean if you could slap take out that 1.5 liter engine yeah. throw in a, a, a 112 foot pound torque motor yep and then have your batteries that
0: you put in your truck and then you take it and you put them in your motorcycle how awesome is that did any of you guys when you guys were kids did any of you play with the Lego Technica sets so oh, yeah, like, yeah the Lego Technica sets it was like you had a power unit you had a motor and you had a motor and it hooked up some batteries. But then whatever project you built, whatever toy you built, whether it was a bridge or a crane or whatever the fuck it was, a digger, you just put that battery and that motor into that son of a bitch and then it was powered. And so the same little motor unit could go into any project you were building. That's what we need. We need that for today's modern world because I have one man with one ass and that's all I can do. All right? Look, so- you,
2: If you just do a typical Google search, look at this shit that's coming up now. Like, Look at this. They have fucking EV conversion kits for all these old school mm-hmm. cars and stuff yeah. now that just drop in. 914s, 911s, VW bugs and buses and Mercedes and whatever. MR2? Was. Yeah, MR2 up there. Now, oh, wait a second. The MR2 the 41 was just Willys, the way 41 Willys.
0: Yes, sir. <laughs> there's, no, like, there's no reason to put an electric conversion in an MR2. Those things were amazing. Those second generation MR2s. Yeah. Those it, things are great. The spiders. I really do like the spiders. But, so so wait a second. The price of that, the yeah. kit, yeah. is the kit the $16,000? I think so. That's and then why is the MR2 kit so much cheaper? I don't know. Let's take a look. I don't know. Right? Because the MR2 this kit is half the cost kit. of the Beetle
2: kit. That's because that's not a pimp kit. This is the starter kit. The glue, <laughs> the glue <laughs> is not included. So wait, let's uh,
1: see this. Let's do this yeah, but there's no batteries included either. So I mean the batteries are gonna cost you twenty five hundred dollars for four kilowatts. So hey, why
0: is this sixteen grand then? So what do you get with this? I have no idea why that why that kit is so much more money.
6: It says oh, turnkey kit, so that probably comes with batteries. Yeah, that's a turnkey Battery kit.
0: box is not
2: included, even with
0: Oh, that. yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And kilowatts are starting to come down in price. So as yep. kilowatts have become a lot cheaper. Um, that's making life a lot more affordable. But yeah, I, I'm definitely a candidate for a vintage Volkswagen with an electric motor. Um, because yeah, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, that's I want really a cool. sailboat with an electric motor. <laughs> that's, an electric motor. Yeah, that's really what I would like. Yep. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, because you know, that's the best that of that both doesn't...
2: worlds. You're sailing silently, and then when you need the power, you're still silent. And you're just smoothing along right. like that. Yeah, it'd yeah. be cool. I agree.
0: And that's, uh, is, is and, there any uh, uh, list or email? Uh, let's take a look. Take a look real quick. Oh, what I would like to say is going back oh, to last, last week's activities. Would anyone like to explain to listeners what the fuck we did <laughs> on Saturday? No. We got the authorities uh, dispatched
6: to our location. Maybe Steve can put up some pictures or something.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, I would like. Um, I would like to first of all, I like to thank all you guys for coming out there and really you helped me out a lot. And it was a fucking ball buster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we we, we burned more gas than we burned all season in our motorcycles.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was a little beat up and- <clears> throat> <But> throat> it was good.
0: I think it took more gas
3: to get the fire going than the fire department used water to put it out. Let's let's take (laughs) a little shot. So this is you guys testing out. You guys
2: brought, yeah. We tested
0: the, yeah. We we tested out the SSR 110. That's the blue bike, and the SSR 125. That was the white bike. Mm -hmm. The 125 was an awesome bike. There's Nick with the need
6: of new pants because he has no knees. But that's- I, guys, I bought some new motocross pants, by the way.
0: And I would also like to remind our listeners or viewers that this particular picture with Nick out there and the sun's shining, the birds are chirping. It was 33 degrees <laughs> at best. I think yeah, it was
6: no, it was warmer than that. It was maybe maybe 37. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> All right. I, I'll give you. The, I'll give you 37 with the radiant energy. It was a, a beautiful shot, shot of my like DR 30. 30. my my tractor yeah (laughs) Yeah. beautiful shot of my to30 and look at the lineup of bikes by the way we have the super bronco yep yep we have nick's two-stroke abomination (laughs) 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 and the 125 and the brand
2: new ssr 125 yeah yeah and then there's nick's back covered we we think
0: it's mud but i think he just farted (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, <laughs> best i was hoping I you guys start, wouldn't know the not a fart <laughs> the best way that i could describe the conditions of the ground was creme brulee mm-hmm. so you look at it Ross. and the top of it looked like grass but the second you tried to go through it you realized there were six inches of mud under the grass
4: the only thing that didn't sink in was the
0: bronco yeah right the bronco right. just drove over it the super bronco mm-hmm. with those giant egg just tires. floated
6: over top of it yeah There's still mud on your glasses in this photo, Phil. There's still mud on (laughs) my glasses
0: in my truck. (laughs) (laughs) Got a
4: picture of the seat of Nick's car?
0: Oh, no. That that corner right there,
1: I have to say that that corner was Nick's Nick's creation, and it took the fire department an hour and a half to put out Nick's (laughs) corner.
0: Yeah, that's right.
2: Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh,
0: yeah. It's hard to believe there was once a barn there. Yeah, yeah, you know, in that Not picture,
2: anymore.
0: yeah. Oh, and-, and look who showed up! It's the fire department. <laughs> well, it's actually three fire departments: South Amherst, um, New Russia, and Oberlin. And I just like the
2: fact that, like, you got right there just the Cleveland <laughs> the, the Cleveland Motorcycle. Yeah, right, yep.
0: <laughs> well, I wanted to make sure we took ownership. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't uh,
4: understand uh, what about that was a, a three
0: alarm fire? Yeah, there were nine fire trucks. One time. <laughs> and one sheriff's car yeah and one sheriff's ridiculous it was ridiculous
2: who called did you figure out because somebody had a call well, they said that there were multiple
1: nine eleven calls and they said a house was burning down
7: <laughs> they were half right <laughs> burning down the house <laughs> when
3: they arrived that it wasn't a house burning down
0: they could have just been like okay it's not a house burning down right so, like i said having a campfire to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And to a fireman, everything looks like an excuse to push water around. Right. Uh, and you know, if we would have been sitting there roasting a weenie over a two by four burning, they would have put it out with a fire hose. <laughs> hey, uh speaking of, of
6: sharks, there's my there's lobster seat. seat. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I took my. They cleaned off. out? I took my sweater off and put jacket jacket on, and you know, so I was clean when I got into my truck. But
6: yeah, yeah I I forgot I was wearing that jacket. I brought two jackets. I thought yeah. I was being strategic, and then I forgot which
0: one I was wearing when I got, you into got my in my car. Got in the truck with your muddy so, jacket yeah, on. yeah, it was a blast. I mean, I gotta say, the SSR 125 <laughs> is a fine and noble steed. <laughs> um, it is, and it's a uh, there's a hell of a lot of difference between that 110 and the 125. Yeah. Yeah, the 110 doesn't get the job done in the mud. It'll probably be great at pit bike for like AMA vintage days or something if it's not too muddy, but the uh, the 125 was remarkable. I'm not a small person. I'm over 200 pounds, and that 125 did rip me right through that mud, no problem. So, um, yeah, I think – so just so our podcast viewers and Patreons know, we've been sort of banking the Patreon money, and what we're going to do is we're going to use that Patreon money as a budget – to help us buy. And I'm going to sponsor it. Obviously, I'm going to kick in a lot uh, from the shop. But we're going to make, uh, so that we have six, uh, a fleet a fleet of these SSR 125s. Yeah. And we'll uh, we'll do them with Cleveland Moto stickers and shit on them. So this way, when we do AMA Vintage Days and we have our friends visit us from, you know, out of town and stuff, we can be like, hey, look, there's a bike for you to ride. You know, that kind of thing.
1: And Steve? Yeah, I think really what we need to do, I think... Vintage days aren't going to happen this year. I think you're right. I think what we need to do is do that, have our own vintage days yep. at my property. Yeah, I mean, I you're Right, yeah. Invite, so the, the Vince, the invite the Patreons, invite people who listen to the... Invite the fire department. Yeah, no, we're not <laughs> inviting them. No fucking way. But, I mean, invite the people that listen to this podcast. We'll yeah. have them come out. I mean, we'll say, hey, this is the day we're doing it. We're gonna get fucked up. We're gonna burn shit. We're gonna ride. We're gonna have all those shenanigans that you have in mid
2: Ohio. Not a ramp. Yeah, you're, not uh, a ramp. you uh <laughs> No, in his property, we can have a ramp. You don't <laughs> have
7: to fake it. <laughs> and Hoff, Hoff, you can give uh, free tours of the uh, shit plant.
3: Yeah. Hey, anybody who wants Is to see the? Anyone trauma center
0: nearby? <laughs> All right. How close is the nearest hospital? That's what we need to know. So, uh, Steve, your neighbor from across the street did come to my shop to look at the SSRs. Uh-huh. So he's he's interested. In, and I, what, is his name Ron? Ron, yeah. Ron. So Ron came with our friend BSA uh, Burt. Yeah, yeah Burt, right. Bert. So BSA oh, yeah. Burt is the guy who got us into the Scottish games years ago. And so the first time we went to the Scottish Games when we had Royal Enfields and stuff, um, I wore my kilt and went out and rode with all those goofy guys, and uh, so that was the first time I met BSA Burt. And he's always come out to our Mods versus Rockers events and distinguished gentlemen's rides. He's super, super nice guy. But he's got teeth like Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and he lives over by the Walmart. His property's over by the Walmart in Oberlin. Right. He's got he's selling a, a chunk of that property. I'm going to go look at. But I want to talk to Ron about the property he has that's next to your property because I'd really like to buy that. Because what's better than having one backyard to play around in, but having three, you know? Right. And you could make it a loop. You could go that's down into know. that valley, go across, come back up, make that a whole loop, and come back down and. So when Ron and Bert were in my shop, I, I made sure to make it clear to both of them that I was looking for property. Now, Ron didn't volunteer up the property he owns two doors down from you, but Bert was very quick to volunteer up his property that has a cell phone tower on it already, and it's on U.S. Route 20, and it's literally three blocks away from Walmart. Yeah, but I think it would, I think that property would sell for a lot
1: of money. I don't know. So let's, I mean... Because another property right on 58, which is right like catty corner from him, like yeah. diagonal from him, sold for a million
0: dollars. I would like to see what Ron, if Ron really does want to sell his property, how much money he wants for it. And I would like to see how much money Bert wants for his property that he has with a cell phone tower on it, because that's less than five minutes from your house too. But I would prefer it if it was property that was adjacent to your house, because then we'd have the creek... In the river by the uh wastewater treatment plant right there that would be great that would be great that'd be the best possible thing but you know
1: elmira tire too i was thinking it would be a good place for you to have your warehouse
0: Mm -hmm. because they're done yeah that's true so the, uh, the idea of having something that's 30 minutes from my house and has enough acreage that we can rip around on dirt bikes and not get in trouble While you guys were all looking, whatever you were looking at last week, I was looking at skid steers. Mm -hmm. And when you're looking at skid steers, you're only looking at skid steers for one reason. And that's because you got property and you want to take trees out and make dirt bike tracks. And, you know, when you're looking at skid steers, that's a whole different world from just looking at dirt bikes. Well, he he had said in the past that he would sell that property for 12 Gs if that if that if those words came out of his mouth in my shop i would have been stuffing hundred dollar bills into every orifice yeah well i'll talk
1: so i mean you you want me to approach him or do you want to yes with a
0: capital s and then whether i buy it or we want to split it up somehow and somebody else wants to get involved um but that if that number is anywhere near close to reality i've looked at it on the google maps and that property is literally Yeah, me too yeah john seriously we've john and i've been talking about i mean i was kind of all
3: over it too yeah uh it has a lot of osage orange on it yep um you know when you look at it there's a culvert and uh to the towards steve's side yeah but there's a little bit of a flat spot if you go over you know you're gonna need the woods there were really fucking thick i mean even just getting off the road like and it's right up to the road like yeah. wow but yeah. you know that's what i was trying to talk with Stephen about too but yeah. i'm like get it if you can get it because fuck it even if it's just swag land if you can get some kind of road back in there and a clearing Bert's it's at least a nice
0: wow. bird's property has a road that was put in by the people that put up the cell phone tower so there's a service road for the cell yeah. phone tower and a pad for the cell phone tower that you could use to get half of the way back to the property. Bert's property is really big, uh, but the property that yeah. we were looking at you know Ron's property would be perfect for us as a group of idiots to uh, to have that you know to have that as our playhouse. So, I was saying
1: yeah. too for the if we if we do end up doing this um, uh, like mid Ohio kind of thing or North Ohio kind of thing, I would build. We could buy a uh, like a little. Not, not a shed but like a shed and have put a couple johns in it put a shower a couple showers in it and then have it because i mean it could run right through the septic system i think we would cleveland. call it Cle-
0: i think we'd have to call it cleveland moberlin <laughs> <laughs> nice it's uh so but that's that's something that would be you know if nothing else it's just a fun spot for us to go out and stretch our feet or stretch our legs and ride dirt bikes around Because none of us here need a two hundred and fifty cc jumping through the air kind of thing. We don't need three hundred acres, but you know, having that kind of a layout would be fun for all of us. And again, if we wanted to bust out some twenty twos and shoot some things, we could do that as well. So, right, you know, that'd be fun. So it's a it's a good play. It's a good sandbox, and it's close enough for all of us to get to without having to book a you know overnight stay.
2: And and I mean it has enough it has enough Wi Fi and and cell tower services. That I mean, Steve proved before that you could uh, live stream through your helmet um, onto Zoom. That's true. When he did this last summer, so we could. You like, guys keep saying three
0: showers. I'm saying we just need to have a fire hose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pressure washer. That's fine. That's all we need. But I need you to uh, spread
2: them a little further.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stay at county, boys. Uh, that's. But I don't think we need to go any crazier than that. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. So hey, yes, uh, Steve. By all means. You know, let Ron know, uh, because, you know, Ron and uh, Ron and uh, BSA Burt seem to be kind of joined at the hip a little bit. So they like, they seem to travel together where they go. And Burt has a lot of property he's trying to sell off. And Ron, I think, has just the right amount of property. And plus, I, 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 I think, like it because his property is closer to yours. For, and from his standpoint, he doesn't want it
1: developed. Right. And from our standpoint, we don't want it developed. We want just to just have. We want a couple of trails through there. Yeah. We want it to be just another uh, area
0: that we could go through. So it's yeah. going to be magic because forty foot, forty foot shipping containers are just going to disappear into those woods. <laughs> <laughs> be like, okay, John's got the blue one. Phil's got the red one. Steve's got the white one. <laughs> right. So, to uh,
2: considering that this podcast was almost all motorcycle, it was. To kind of pull it back in and just end with the thing. Um, our buddies that we went through the whole thing of like the 25 best motorcycles. Yeah. Have the list of the nine ugliest motorcycles. Bring it right. around. Let's fire it up. We got a
0: couple of minutes. Yeah, I think this would be a good way to end. So the nine ugliest motorcycles. Yeah. And I like this, it.
2: The first one is one that me and Phil both picked
0: as the so Janus. As, nope. It's oh. Hey, 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 oh. hey, hey. the Bobby oh, right. Mantra. We, yep. we did we did the agree Mona that mantra. this was the worst we did agree this was the ugliest motorcycle ever
2: i like i like how they say it's like a yamaha td900 and a harley davidson road glide
0: <laughs> it actually does look like a yamaha tdm 900 and a harley davidson livewire had a baby yeah yeah kind of does yep. yeah there's that one and then i kind of disagree i mean yes it's- rake is wrong on it too i the mean when so rake is real odd yeah. yeah, when Steve when Steve told me that he wanted the fully enclosed BMW, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I thought. He was talking of too. about a K one. Yeah, the yeah. Ronald McDonald square vessel.
3: headlight. I like yeah. K ones.
1: Yeah. yeah, I don't care what they say. K, I like K ones.
2: <laughs> I don't. Yeah, it's interesting. And no, it, it's not it interesting. Going down, and so they say the Hayabusa, which I agree. That
0: thing's fucked. Yeah, ugly. it's it's not very very good looking. <laughs> yeah, it is an ugly bike. But, but I'm gonna own one of those within the next three years. Yeah, for like forty bucks too. Yep. <laughs> Damn well better not say the PC eight hundred. So just so you guys know, I'm going to take one of those bikes in on trade for uh, Vespa
6: and Dan. headlight.
2: Right? There you go.
6: Oh wait, I thought they already showed the K
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> so and a uh, years ago God when I no did uh, World Superbike and you know World Superbike, we were on Ducati Island. We were working right. the tech. We were helping people out. And these, you know, to get onto Ducati Island at. Um, Laguna Seca, you need to be riding a Ducati. And we were joking that they were going to have a rule that was like, you have to go ride a Ducati and pasos don't count. So uh, there were Ducati pasos on Ducati Island at World Superbike Weekend that were being sold for no more than $2,000, 2500 bucks. Wow. Oh, wow. So it was like hilarious because everyone was freaking out because just like Mid Ohio, but on a higher pay scale, they had like a little, you know, cardboard thing cut out and put on a headlight that said for sale and i think though the one paso they had was 2500 bucks and i'm telling you it was fucking rough <laughs> but people were just going goofy for it because it was just the world's cheapest ducati
2: and yeah and you have the cd player here in the front
0: which is yeah. nice. you yeah, have a slot There's for the cd, CD in
2: there in the front. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then then you have your your cigarette which is i don't even know what this is
0: well like, i like <laughs> the illuminati wheels
3: oh yeah. yeah that's not cd that's the big that's the big five and a half floppy. Yes, oh, okay. that's a five and a half hobby. That's
0: exactly right. And the uh and, and when you get into a tug, you can't see anything because the, they stay yeah. pink in the windscreen. So that's well, that right. would have been more expensive. The yeah. uh, when people say are those wheels magnesium, and just say no, they're Illuminati. <laughs> and, they, uh,
2: and, and then we got what oh yeah,
0: look at that buddy. Oh, oh yeah, the battle twin. <laughs> uh, I got to tell you on this one, I'm feeling a little heartbroken because this was a period of time when I was really into motorcycle racing and I really wanted Buell, I really wanted Buell to kick ass with this thing Yeah, because it's just everything about it. You know, Harley Davidson power, Harley Davidson was in terrible shape at this point in their career. Um, they were just having a hell of a time. And boy, this thing was like, wow, Harley Davidson could really get into road racing. Oh. You know what they did? Mm-hmm. They took
2: the BMW K1 and they had sex with the um, the Honda 1000 CBR
0: Hurricane, yeah, CBR 1000 Hurricane. So they changed the RR in front of it, and then right. that. <laughs> yeah, it's a CBR 1000 RR HDR Buell. K1 uh,
6: Buell. Yeah, yeah that's K1. also in the the Battle Twin is also in the running for the worst named
0: motorcycle. <laughs> the Battle Twin. <laughs> yeah, I do agree that that one does look like a tick that's about to explode.
2: The only yeah. one worse than that. That would
0: keep going down. The
2: Ducati syphilis. That didn't, that didn't yes. <laughs> Yeah.
0: So this is the idea. If one single arm swing if one single s- single sided swing arm is good, two is better. Um, wow. This is a, a yeah. so this, this is a scooter 125- motor. So this this is a one twenty five.
6: Wheels yeah. off of like a Buick Lesabre, or no, oh, that's a Cadillac.
2: Said, that's an '84 right. Cadillac Eldorado. It's got Do
0: the little know? the white stripe on the t- yeah. yeah. This that's- this bike is the, it's a two stroke 125. So so yay, good for them. Yeah, uh, it is a two stroke. You know, it is a two-stroke 125, but that's the Jalera CX-125. And happy to say, in America, we were protected from these. <laughs> <laughs> the, and the D.O.T. protected us from that fucking abomination. I
2: like this. They were like, fuck a front fender. We'll just
0: lower exactly. the wheel. We just bring exactly, the whole fucking yeah. nozzle down and right. call it a yeah. day. Yeah. You know what? A front fender is completely extra. Why would you put one on? Yeah, right. It's stupid. But my thing was funny. Is this bike is totally set up and it has that removable cowling for the passenger that we talked about earlier. Oh yeah, yeah. But can you imagine how anemic this bike is with a hundred and twenty-five cc two-stroke and two people on it and mm-hmm. six hundred pounds of plastic? Oh yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> and like a half
0: an Audi logo. They're like, you know, you know what? I, I would not car even car. go as far as to say this is a Lego bike. It's a Playmobil bike.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't okay, know. I quite like it. I kind of like it. <laughs> I do. I don't know. Okay, and victory vision. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a Wait, whole can I of worms here. <laughs> of
7: course, of course. That's what put victory out of business. Yeah. It's a sight. It
0: yeah, is. it's really yeah. something. I mean, it's.
2: I mean, they could have done. It has good lines in some ways.
0: I love the mm. quote. Victory's vision could only be good looking if you lost yours. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: not true i mean the
0: thing is like well balanced i mean it's a very well designed bike it's got a big booty i've ridden them i do love the way they ride i'll be the first to admit i think and i think that the idea that you could tip the bike over and not do any body damage at all was pretty mm-hmm. smart um that, that that's there's certain things about it that are good but i'm, I'm gonna say it's just basically a v-twin rune yeah Uh-oh. yeah oh here we go I knew this was gonna. I figured this was gonna happen. But again, uh, what is they going ever on? actually what make is one? Uh, I don't think they ever actually built one. I don't think you could ever buy this bike. It says it never really was. Yeah, I don't think it really ever existed. Seriously, what were they thinking when they smashed the fucking tank in like that? Well, at- what they did was they took a baked potato and they dropped it down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything on that bike is just wrong. I mean, look at this. It's it's It looks like a dragon head sticking out. Well, up- the whole front fender looks like another front fender that melted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like totally encasing the
6: forks. Yeah, yeah.
2: like it's, and, and they didn't mm-hmm. even do like it's kind of like the Buell thing where they have like the outer rotor kind of mm-hmm. something, but mm-hmm. not really,
0: I guess. Or, is the button pushing It looks like there? they took another motorcycle and used a chop gun with fiberglass and sprayed mm-hmm. fiberglass over top of another motorcycle. Yeah, and yeah, painted yeah. it silver. All right, so now we're at number 2. So let's see what I think if you peel off all that silver paint there's a katana under there. <laughs> right, but it's a katana that was yeah, judging by the wheels. Times. Judging by the 3-spoke wheels, I think that if we took all that silver plastic off there's actually a 94 katana underneath there. Yeah.
6: But you know
2: what's sad? Some dude, there's a dude somewhere on this planet if he's not dead yeah, right now, that's like, oh, man, that was the pinnacle of my design. Right. Yeah, he bought the company and lives
0: in a castle and bankrupted everybody.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and number one. Oh, yeah. Wow. I like that.
0: <laughs> well, they got the V8. first two
2: syllables right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they got the first two syllables perfectly right. It's a Morbidelli V8. A Morbidelli Farina design. V8. Is that yeah. Pininfarina design? Oh my yeah. god, that is yeah. Pininfarina design. It looks like a TDM 850 that you surprised. Yeah, exactly. It looks like it looks like you caught a TDM 850 stealing your lunch.
2: Getting out of the shower, he hadn't put his coat yeah. on
0: yet. <laughs> what Maybe is that V8 from? Square
4: headlights in a vertical orientation.
0: Yep, yeah. I don't know where they stole that motor from. Uh, it is clearly a V8. It's the most obvious V8 in the world. Yeah, yeah. But it is, it is remarkably like it looks, the back of it looks like a Honda Hawk GT. Yeah, it does. It looks like 1992, you know, PC 800 type all molded in. This kind of looks like a a sprint, a Triumph sprint. It does look like a Triumph sprint. sure does, yeah, the middle looks like a sprint. Oh my God, yeah, and you know what? Here's the thing is, that bike looks like it was designed by committee. (laughs) They had one too few meetings. Yeah, yeah. And it is terribly ugly.
2: And this company Um, was like, hey, that Hellfire
0: Scooter Company went out of business. Get all yeah. the bearings and we can incorporate them into the top of this fucking bike. Morbidelli, Morbidelli V eight. I mean, literally, Morbidelli sounds like the the lunch counter at the the haunted house. I would, if I had a lunch counter to haunted house, I would call it the Morbidelli.
6: <laughs> that um, that that V eight, they built it
0: themselves. Did they yeah, really?
6: Eight hundred and fifty CCs.
0: Yeah, what? So the what Moto Guzzi does with two cylinders, they took eight cylinders to accomplish. It's a thirty-two valve V eight, ninety degrees. Was it shaft drive?
6: Because I can't tell, but I, I don't know shaft drive. See, it's not fair because none like
1: half of these bikes didn't come to production. Oh,
2: you're, I mean, why don't
1: you heard. go like bikes that didn't mm. that came to production? Like to, well, like, because then they would I all go- be.
0: They would all be smart pillions and shit pillions and sharp pillions and all that other shit.
1: <laughs> I still go back to the CM400T.
0: Fucking ugliest bike ever made. That's just giving up. I mean, the CM400T was just Honda saying, we're Honda, that's enough. Fuck it. Yeah. And they just used the gas tank off of one bike and the side panels off of another bike. and It looks like a broken down like, horse. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm still shocked that Morbidelli <laughs> built their own V8. Yeah, it, it's, oh, it yeah. says. B-
6: oh, there it is. Yeah, oh yeah, in all its <clears throat> glory. That is
1: hideous. With the least the star wheels. <laughs> the
0: wheels. At least the cylinders are pointing in the right direction.
1: Uh,
0: oh my god, that's exactly. Yeah, the Buckhorn handlebars aren't doing it any favors. Oh. And that wow.
2: tank, that tank just doesn't, that's just, a, there's so many oh, different no. tanks that are aesthetically
0: pleasing, and this is exactly what you don't want to do. You know what? I'm going to say it. The tank belongs on a much smaller bike. Yes. The seat belongs yes. on a much bigger bike. Yep. So there was the a side program. panels are phoning it in.
2: Yep. There, there was and, a, a program yeah. I watched recently where they said that any bike that's aesthetically pleasing, from everything from a sport bike to whatever, has yeah. a line that starts here and comes up through here, and right. exactly like it's one line. and this has look at this it's
6: like it's got a lot of lines (laughs) it's got a lot of lines yeah
0: yeah it's and you know what I can say I think that that motorcycle was only built to stretch that technology further and, again, just to have a 400 to sell somebody. Yeah. It was no. terrible. Ugly. No matter how
3: big the seat is, the side panel still managed to sit way w- out, st- or still wider than a seat. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah.
2: yeah, And it has a tractor seat. If you look at that seat, it's, like,
3: that wide, man. They're comfortable. I mean, I've sat on them. I mean, it's comfortable to mm, sit man, on the seat. Mean, but, hey, you want to hear a joke? Sure. Yeah.
7: yeah. An older, white-haired man walked into a jewelry store one Friday afternoon with a beautiful young woman on his arm. He told the jeweler he was looking for a very special ring for his girlfriend. So the jeweler looked through his stock and brought out a $5,000 ring and showed it to him. The old man says, I don't think you understand, I want something really special. At that statement, the jeweler went back into a special stock and brought in another ring. Here's a stunning ring at only $40,000, the jeweler said. The young lady's eyes sparkled and her body trembled with excitement. The old man seeing it said, we'll take it. The jeweler asked, how payment would be made? And the old man said, by check. I know you need to make sure that my check is good, so I'll write it now and you can call the bank on Monday to verify the funds are there. And I'll pick the ring up on Monday afternoon. Monday morning, the very pissed off jeweler called the old man and said, there's no money in that account. I know, said the old man, but you can't believe the weekend I had.
6: Yeah.
0: Yay. Yeah, that was a good one. That's fantastic. (laughs) You you, you. guys are thinking, yeah, I I could use that one of these days. I'd gladly pay you Tuesday for a cheeseburger today. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. The, uh... I did think about it, and the Yamaha X V eleven hundred Virago is really, my personal nemesis. Bring I, it up. I, Steve hates his CM four hundred Ts. I can't stand the Yamaha X V eleven hundred Virago. Oh, yeah, I fucking hate this bike. And there were generations of this bike that they had more they had more gold on them than a Formula Fire. <laughs> Uh, hold on. these things had more fake gold plating on than a 92 toyota camry gold edition i found I uh, found. Yes, hold on okay i found the picture of the most you couldn't you could
2: <laughs> you could not drive through mentor or parma in fucking 1990 or anywhere anytime after that without seeing a 75 of these things and dude yeah. was so proud of them like they were like this is way fucking cooler than a harley it runs Oh, uh, here you go. This
6: is the <laughs> Oh yeah, my God. Yeah. See, that that looks like it could have had a square headlight.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, it I should have it had, had a square <laughs> headlight. They didn't, they made this bike for about 14 or 15 years. So I know it yeah, one the point. The turquoise one was the, my particular, I hated the turquoise and white or something. The color. turquoise and silver one, uh, turquoise and white one was offensive. They had mm-hmm. a lot of ugly color schemes. Uh, the gas tank went at an impossible angle uh, <laughs> yeah. it looks like the bike was in an accident and everything yeah. got pushed came pre- up and it, then the they put new said, forks on it at the shop we say that this bike came pre-crashed because yeah. Yeah. it looks like a swayback horse uh, It's everything is in the wrong spot and when you're sitting on the bike the ergonomics for an 1100cc bike it feels like you're riding a 90cc moped it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible bike to ride
2: it probably handles turns really well with that rake. And then your handlebars all way up here and stuff. Well,
0: what I would like to say is, are you guys familiar with what is like a milking stool? Like how low a milking stool is? Yeah. Yeah. So if you can imagine sitting on a milking stool and jerking off two guys at the same time, (laughs) <laughs> That's the riding position of this motorcycle. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. <laughs> it is literally this is what you're doing the whole time you're riding the motorcycle. It well, is, it there is. is you're, it you're so average.
1: much like a uh, what, what are those Honda they only made them for a couple years? 800s with the four speeds. Yeah, was but that, was the,
0: that was a Shadow 800. Yeah, like a pull up a Shadow 800. It looks right, exactly like that, Phil's yeah. credit.
1: This that engine, engine was a
0: great engine, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the seat <laughs> height on this fucking Virago thing is 28 inches. The seat height is 20. It's an 1100 with, with a, 60 horsepower. Yeah. So wow. it has 60 horsepower. It's an 1100 V-Twin. People rave about the motor. Apparently, they eat starters for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right. Because it's a high torque uh, motor. The starters are always for fucked this. Up. I give them credit for this. It's 32-degree rake in the front, but... How about this it
2: um what did i just look at it's only 487 pounds huh that's not Don't bad care. i mean like you know I, is I that still, the 1100 I mean, or the
0: 750 this is the 1100 yeah that's amazing um that must be without any metal on the bike that must be <laughs> literally just you know. um but i have ridden enough of them i have serviced enough of them i hate them i hate looking at them i hate when they show up at the shop they're just awful Steve, and what was your biggest People, it's always people that wish they had a Harley Davidson. Steve, what well, do you want me to look up? What bike? Well, uh, the Shadow Eight Hundred looks
1: almost exactly yeah, like the that. Shadow
0: Eight Hundred. She's no beauty either.
6: That was that was oh, the one that had the oh, PC Eight Hundred oh. engine in it, right? <laughs> yeah. It, well, it, yeah.
1: Kind <laughs> of, it was it's kind cool. of the PC Eight Hundred engine. It was. Uh, it's the
0: VT. It's air-cool. the VT Eight Hundred C, Steve. VT Eight Hundred C. And it also came in the two-tone colors, like the red and the silver, and the red and white, and yeah, you know, and the burgundy and not burgundy. I'm trying to get a thing that doesn't take you to fucking that stupid
2: um, p- Pinterest. Now they, yeah, Pinterest. they, all, yeah, they, they've screwed this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I hate that.
6: I totally hate that. Pinterest you know? is really cool for finding project ideas, but
0: really useless for finding the source of those ideas. So if you guys want to look at a Honda VT800C. Air. <clears throat> i'll show yeah. you i'll tell you the most important part of this motorcycle so the most important part of this motorcycle is the front wheel because the front wheel of the motorcycle you can take it off the bike and you can put it directly onto a 700 cc magna so the 700 wow. cc magna that had kind of an ugly um aluminum five spoke front wheel mm. yeah the, the super magna uh 700 or 750 and this wheel will literally just drop right onto the bike and it looks so much better with the spokes and the member of the super magnet has the solid rear disc so the solid rear disc <sighs> and the front spokes look really nice together wow and look at this the seat height on this one is 27 it's crazy low it's, it's crazy crazy yeah. low and wow. i i don't know i would like to know how many horsepowers this bike makes because remember there was also a 750 so, but it was a but it, that engine was good, but it only had a four speed transmission. Correct. Uh, yeah, and I think didn't. Uh, so Steve, correct me, but didn't the Shadow fifteen hundred that was also four speed for a while. Eleven 1, hundred. Yeah, the eleven
1: hundred. I'm I, not I've, sure. I mean, I had I had a, a touring version of it, and mine yeah. had a five speed. Yeah. I, and I had two of them. I had two exactly the same, like the maroon and black. Yep. With the floorboards and everything, and, oh, yeah. and you know what? I, I bought it, and I really wanted I wanted to like it so badly. I really, really wanted to like it, and I hated it.
2: Seventy four horsepower, four speed. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I mean, that's kind of impressive. Seventy four horsepower. It's not well, bad. It's better.
0: It's better than the Yamaha having sixty. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. Still
0: so, ugly as hell, though. It's yeah, sinfully ugly. Yeah. yeah. It's it's despicable. Yeah, but yeah, the uh, but it was the Shadow 1100. The, the a lot of the Shadow 1100s had a four-speed transmission, and uh, yeah, so go figure. What? So were there, was there any uh, uh, listener email or? Oh yeah, hold on. Thank you. I was gonna pull that up. Oh, so uh, yes. Yeah, so one of our Patreon subscribers, Andrew, Andrew said for our leg lamp project. Remember, we were talking about putting like a, a shade on it and putting the shade being like gym shorts or something to go along with the sock. Mm-hmm. Right? And he said, no. He goes, use an old helmet for a lampshade and have a fake rubber ball sack like truck nuts hanging down for the light switch. <laughs> I think he wins. Or I think maybe we combine it and we have the gym shorts for the lampshade and we have the truck nuts hanging down to pull it to turn the light on. I like that. I like that too.
2: Oh, I have a new... I have a new um...
0: I have a new ugliest motorcycle of all times. Oh, geez. And Dr. Waters won't let me bring the leg in the house anymore. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) You guys ready? This thing is a masterpiece. It's amazing. Ready? Oh. Oh. oh, 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 Okay. So this is a Volkswagen powered bike. So this was was Brazil. So these were police motorcycles in brazil oh oh my
8: god
0: so if i'm not mistaken i believe amazonas was a motorcycle company in brazil oh yeah they made a number of motorcycles yeah that's not great no it's for <laughs> the brazilian police. look, at, Dude, look at that picture it's for the brazilian police department <laughs> and that is the sexiest that motorcycle ever looked <laughs> you, know, you know the back of this needs a fucking box the
2: guy's like no i want to put a fucking fender flare on it." and he's like no i want a fucking box put them both
0: on right. i love i love how it has no curves mm. There no no cur- no curves were used when e- building. Everything was drawn with a ruler. It, everything was yeah. drawn with a ruler. Yeah. And, and It has car any- tires on the front and the back. Yeah,
3: yeah. and they don't have. We, any- we made the whole but whole body was made on a press brake. Yes. <laughs> <Exactly>.
6: <laughs> and no disrespect to Cameron, yeah. but I can see him riding that. You know, you know what? That's the best looking picture so far because everything is so dark and you can't see it. You can't see <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. yeah.
0: It really looks bad with the Vetter fairings on it. Yeah, <laughs> well, it makes, like a, the it makes a Vetter fairing look tiny. Yeah, these were. The boxes light.
4: cover up the back end. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, And it's a VW 1300 standard Volkswagen motor. But that they don't have an excuse because, like, pounds. that's kind of like a Goldwing, and Goldwings don't yeah. suck this bad. Well, I mean, All right. you're right. You're not wrong, but this was what they did in Brazil when they couldn't afford to keep their Harley Davidsons on the road.
2: Look at this dude thrown into a corner. He's like, yeah. Oh my yeah. god, yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 It's like what for for a dollar fifty? You couldn't put a visor on my helmet. Right. <laughs> His helmet actually says paparazzi. I think so. Yeah, uh, but that red, white, and blue paint scheme, scheme is oh. disgusting. Oh,
2: yeah, it's so yeah. terrible. It's not even, what,
3: that, I like that picture where he's getting ready, He's launching. Oh, wait, wait, on you the magazine you want to see? Yeah, yeah, right there. Oh, that one right oh, there. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. On down. Yeah, right there. The weirdest. Oof. The Revenge of the Amazonas by oh. David Edwards. They got the wow. they got the the performance air cleaners on this one. No, it's look at it, read it. It's a 22 it's a 2200cc motor. It's 2275cc's. Oh, so wow. Cycle World built a 2 a 2.3 liter motor. Holy oh. shit. Got it down to 13.28 quarter mile. Which is Jeez. just slightly faster than that 400cc Honda you showed earlier. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. look at this. There's the touring. There's the touring 1600, oh, that's the short block. That's a 1600 short block I had my in my Volkswagen camper van. Oh, look at that with the vest. Oh, wow. He, he just left the gay bar. Yeah. <laughs> oh and they got no, a- on that you could look do two things. you could literally a- oh a sport bike oh my it's god it's got round
2: yeah. headlights the only round yeah. thing on the whole <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at, wait wait the best part though look at the back is completely all square like yeah. they're all at the square in the back but they're
0: like you know what would make this perfect round uh-huh. fucking headlights <laughs> <laughs> i like the fact that the the one thing that's on the bike that says anything cool about it is they call it a tech box so, they're just playing into the fact that everything on the bike is made of wood with like plastic over it. Yeah. So, it's tech. So, scroll down a little bit more because I think it was Tech Pama. Wasn't that it? Wasn't that it? Tech oh, Pama. Oh, look at this amazing. Look at,
2: this is the new version right here. Look at that. With bold <laughs> new graphics. Bold new graphics.
6: <laughs> oh. It says oddly proportioned and quite ugly, except now We're it deep deep. looked like a morbidly obese superbike.
0: So stare <laughs> deeply into my yeah. tech box. <laughs> honestly that does look like one of those chinese made children's toys where it's a motorcycle but they have to break up three different molds and castings to do it so you're like okay we're going to take the part from the bmw police motorcycle and the part from the katana oh yeah. my god that's terrible 675 dry i like how the fact that there were 450 of those built yeah and that is 451 too many yeah <laughs> <laughs> disgusting. Oh hey, my is god! This? That is a terrible motorcycle. There's, I remember reading this article. Oh my today. god! Yeah, because it was a cool 898 pounds, it's 900 pounds, oh. dude. That <laughs> motorcycle, that motorcycle is heavier than my FLHP. Uh, wait, so that motorcycle is heavier than my Road King Police bike?
2: 60 horsepower, eight, nine hundred pounds,
0: 60 horsepower. Yeah, <laughs> wow. but it's got 3,000 torques. No, 73. Yeah, it's still not impressive. <laughs> but it, but it'll run on lamp oil. It'll Zero be 0 to 70 in 14 and a half seconds. Get out of here. Really? Yeah, right here. Look. 0 to oh 70 in 14 and a half seconds. It'd be better to have three of your friends push you. It's yeah. actually slower than a bug or a bus. Yeah, <laughs> it is it is it's managed to be half the weight but yet slower than a Volkswagen Beetle. Look, look wait. It's, not, it's, it's a, it, at top gear. It's 92 miles an hour. <laughs> top gear so top speed's 92, which totally means it's a pursuit vehicle. Right, which none of these numbers can even justify why it has a fairing on the front. None, but, but what's funny about it? What I think is absolutely hilarious about it is, like, if you were on a garden tractor, you could run away from one of these things. <laughs> 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 and how bad were things in Brazil that they couldn't support Harley Davidsons that they could support starting up from scratch right. and building this right. abomination? i just like look at this like what is this what it (laughs) is is the world's largest speedometer because they took it out of a tractor and this is like a 14 inch headlight yeah that's that's the same headlight was on my suzuki 1100 gs <laughs> An impossibly toaster-sized headlight. Oh, dude! I think the GS one came to about here. This thing. Yeah, I think you're. Yeah, it's disgusting. Well, you see, those two smaller headlights on the bottom are actually GS headlights. <laughs> 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 the upper headlight is off of a, uh, a 1956 uh, Continental airpla- aircraft. Yeah, with such
6: a large. Which with such a large headlight, why did it need two small? Yeah, ones. Hey. Why does it need two round ones? Look, it's headed. got
0: two round ones, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Little spotlights on there. Yeah. It's got an actual Indian on the front fender. <laughs> not, to, not a model of an Indian, an actual Indian, a human yeah. Indian sitting on the front fender. This is this my is favorite. A horrible motorcycle. <laughs> I gotta say, the Amazonas, the Amazonas is the most horrible motorcycle that I have seen in mass production. Yeah. I mean, Because look. they built enough of them, they could have raced it. And why didn't they?
2: This dude, this dude, he was an extra for Mad Max and didn't
0: make it into the final movie. Apparently, Uh -uh. you don't know. So you don't recognize that guy. That's that's Steve Poncherello. (laughs) (laughs) I think instead of raising it, they should have erased it. (laughs) I like how the guy's wearing full gauntlets and a short sleeve shirt.
2: (laughs) But my favorite thing is, is like, look, so they have this normal fender coming right back here. Right. They
6: do.
0: But then they add this fucking squared off fucking Corner. yeah. There's like a KZ1000 police bike rear fender, sixty percent of the way, and then, and then they add a, a, a mailbox they lightly ran over,
8: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then they use the other part of the mailbox to be the tail the cell for the taillight. light. And these are these are totally uh, GS uh, Suzuki GS. Yeah, those are just right out of the those yeah. are out of the Dixie catalog. Yeah, those came out of the MGO catalog. I like the car tires on the front and the back on the mag wheels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I, particularly like the gas tank that was a Honda CX500 gas tank that was then <laughs> covered in uh, some drywall. And, uh, <laughs> what do you, what do you guys think is underneath this sheet of uh, whatever this is? Well, I know because that's a Volkswagen engine, right? So there'll be the underneath. That's the generator but does it need to be i mean like that's only like what the whole motor probably comes to here right? yeah well the generator will be back there so and there's also the transmission, transmission so there'll be a yeah. volkswagen transmission and there'll be a generator back there yeah is that so, chef drive yes oh no let's see i let's mean see. it has to be right yeah well if it's a volkswagen i haven't seen i haven't seen the other side of it i like the fact they were they were courteous enough to hide everything under drywall <laughs>
3: <laughs> that thing is far from grooving that is far
2: from grooving you seriously like you nailed it though this is like when especially like when they first started coming out with the chinese scooters like the double rear wheels oh yeah yeah this was like their interpretation of what a fucking chopper looked like (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) this motorcycle just is ridiculous it is like you asked the welfare department to design a motorcycle
2: this is this is like you know how Maestro or whatever makes the twelve scale motorcycles. Yeah,
0: yeah. Then you go to the
2: Dollar General. Right. And this is a like, dollar.
0: Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens. The guy who designed this motorcycle wasn't a designer, but he did go to the dollar store.
8: Sorry. He
6: also he also didn't really know what a motorcycle looked like. <laughs>
8: <That's
0: true. laughs> it's the only motorcycle in my life I've ever seen seventeen inch wheels that, or sixteen inch wheels that looked like eight inch wheels. So terrible! terrible. The Amazonas goes down as Cleveland Moto's absolute favorite bike to shit all over. You need that for show notes. I will send you a piece of this thing. Well done, Sao Paulo! Yeah, (laughs) and your and your incredibly successful law enforcement motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we can top ourselves after that. That was well. The good news is, from a maintenance standpoint, they probably have dead Volkswagen Beetles all over the place. Yeah. So it's probably pretty easy to get whichever. Well, weren't they? It wasn't. No, it was Mexico that had them in production until two thousand three. South America too. Yeah,
6: Uh,
2: but if you happen to, so if you're a listener and you happen to have an Amazonia sixteen hundred
0: in your garage and it hasn't run in a while, that would infer that the person that owned that motorcycle had an internet connection. (laughs) That's true. That's true. But just in case, too, will buy it.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> Hoffer will buy it. They do make, they do make the VW Bug electric plug-in, like you know, Ooh, yeah. there's an idea. Listen to a a screaming
0: 17-second <laughs> quarter mile. Electric <laughs> <bike>. And again, <laughs> you can just buy a zero for $9,000. You know what? You know what? That's a that brings up a good point
6: because that the Amazonas is the only motorcycle that I know of that has an existing electric conversion available for it. Hey, Nick,
0: well, the point is out. That's why we keep the kid around right there. Yeah, (laughs) I I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. You can't make me like it.
1: Wait, did Chris Smith give us an Irish
2: goodbye? He He did. So did Oscar. Yeah, fucking Irish so, goodbyes. I saw Oscar. He got a text from his lady friend and was oh, out great. fucking them yeah. the trash on Tuesday. Like, he was oh, on the bright <laughs> side, Chicago is selling Basil Hayden's for
1: thirty-two bucks a bottle. Wow, I like shit. I bought four. Get Vita to Binnies. Yeah. Yep. They had Binnies. It was Binnies. Yeah. So yeah. anybody who wants to sit on my porch
2: tomorrow and drink uh, Basil Hayden's, please mm-hmm. come over. I'm there. I'll that be there. Cool. Yep.
0: Hundred percent. Anybody got anything else? no i think that was a that was a quality motorcycle podcast yeah have to say for so. zoom i think we did very well i, I think we <laughs> could hold our heads with most of the other motorcycle podcasts yeah yeah, yeah, we didn't even, yeah this was not embarrassing <laughs> so that's cool so remember uh if you're listening to this uh subscribe to us on patreon or don't we don't care um if you uh if you subscribe to us on patreon and and you send us some money well then we'll keep doing this but we'll probably keep doing it anyway honestly oh, yeah. uh the, you know you're you're Five bucks isn't going to change the way we behave. Uh, Hold on. It is appreciated though. If you do 10 bucks, I will tell you that the gift box that we send out, correct. The gift box that Renee sends out is worth, it's priceless because not only do you get the coffee mug or pint glass of your choice, not only are you going to get a shop rag and some other cool swag and stuff like that, but Renee is hand packaging just keep in mind, Renee is handling your package. Every time you become a Patreon subscriber at the $10 a month level, your package will be handled by Renee. I promise you it's, you know, I
3: got some fresh underwear for Christmas. I was thinking maybe we could put some of my old
0: ones in there. Put them in there. (laughs) So what you guys don't know, John just brought that up, but this is hilarious. We ordered some parts today from our friends in San Diego robot and Bailey and those guys out there. Um, so the guys at motor West, uh, we ordered some parts for Vespa and the parts showed up today. And in the parts, I got um, four, maybe five used t-shirts. <laughs> so our stupid friends that we love dearly in San Diego took their old t-shirts. And I recognize two of these shirts as being robots t-shirts. Cause I've seen them fucking wear them. And uh, they put, shoved them in the box as packing material. And they also had these little pins that they made that said, certified YouTube scooter mechanic. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So you can now be a certified YouTube scooter mechanic. Nice. Um, So I thought that was fucking genius. So well done, our friends over at Motorsport Scooters in San Diego. They know how much we love them. Uh, They have a podcast as well. Go check them out Uh, because, again, what else are you going to do? Um, Steve and I spent yesterday working very diligently <laughs> um, yes many alcohols were harmed the uh so, yeah there's a malort there i don't know if you can see the malort oh, oh i see it uh, but yeah this is uh this is some serious serious podcast action this is some serious you know infotainment that we're doing for where, our- where was that this that- was at porco yeah oh really yeah oh so we set the thing up at porco and we basically you know how we do these moto stories we um we get folks together and what we've decided was we had steve noble on and we just had stefan we recorded three large size episodes and three little mini quick hits from porco
2: and there were so many little surprises like it was it was good stuff it, it he was in a good mood when we got there and it just went from there <laughs> it just got better and better i can't wait there. to
0: watch it yeah it's going to be fun it's going to be it's going to exclusive series it's going to be the porco edition the porco edition that's yeah. why we're dressed formally yeah But yeah. yeah. so we're going to keep doing these moto stories and we're going to have you guys on the moto stories um yeah. kind of like getting Um, John is accidentally in one of our moto stories because we did the Lake Erie loop. Yeah. Uh, You cannot do the Lake Erie loop without talking about John. So Phil, like I was really impressed, man. Like you must've had a slow day because
2: you wrangled up and looked up and you sent about 310. Usually I'm like, okay, I have to go and I have to be the weirdo. That's going through Phil's Facebook to find a picture that fits the story today. He sent me 150 pictures, 17 links, two movies, and a documentary.
0: (laughs) <laughs> well, you know what I do. Love, I love when we're watching these videos and I like when you're doing these and these little things pull down yeah. that are like, you know, they're, they're just little fun mini videos and little fun windows and stuff. I love that shit. And so well, and it's nice. Of that, but the cool part, the, the best part about it is, is that some of these stories are
2: really outlandish. Right. And mm-hmm. people would be like uh, people that don't know you because like, everybody that knows, you knows they're true. But people that don't you know you'd be like this fucking he's full of shit. Fuck this guy. There was no way that they put a Lambretta inside of a fucking Vespa. But then guess what happens? The fucking picture comes down and you can see that they fucking shoved a fucking Vespa inside of a Lambretta or whatever. It's <laughs> a <Yeah>. ducking.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> <You're> a <laughs> ducking.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I was really happy that that we were able to find the video that John, you know, the, the Lake Erie loop video. Yeah. And that's got I've some got particularly good yeah, so that's got some particularly good shots in it. And uh, that has the the UPS truck thing where we're talking about drafting and how important it is to draft. Yep. And then you see me on, you know, 206 pounds of pink suppository going 65 <laughs> miles an hour behind a UPS truck. Nice. So, yeah. a
3: little, uh, Camaro. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I said, get a real bike, Camaro. Yeah, I mean, that's and that, that video is a lot of fun, and, and and that event was a lot of fun in particular. And then, of course, we talked about how Stefan arrived at that event with mm-hmm. seven layers of clothing on and you know, an office chair taped to his bike so uh that was pretty great so the fact that we're going to be able to show our our viewers that you know the whole thing so we're sitting there so me and you know me and fernando set up and stuff and you guys
2: are preparing your stories and then we start shooting and we just at that point we're button babysitters once we have everything set up and stuff it's just button you know we hit record and we sit there and so the mics are there and they're very sensitive and these guys are talking and all of a sudden i'm like i'm holding my lips together and breathing through my ears so I don't laugh. Out loud.
0: <laughs> it's good. Uh, so it's, yeah. So we're looking forward to doing more of them. They're a lot of fun, yeah. and they're it's uh, especially good for COVID when you know there's. I've already burned through everything on Netflix. I've already burned through everything on Hulu. Yeah. You That's know, good. so if I can't find find bad entertainment, I'll have to make my own.
3: Yep. We'll today I'm like. The content just isn't there, and you can't make the content because of COVID. And it's like, man, the the next year, if things don't turn around a little bit, it's going to be like we can't even just sit here and fucking chill and watch Netflix. Yeah, yeah, you're running stuff. But you need to bring your you need to bring your camera, and we need to
1: do
2: the Bourbon Chronicles. (laughs) i'm in yeah we'll do that
0: i mean all you guys should be thinking is like you guys should all be thinking of your best stories and stuff like that and that's true and and realistically this the concept the moto stories concept it's not just moto story with unky phil the idea is that we bring other people in and get you to tell your moto story right because jesus christ everybody i know has got a good moto story everybody i don't I have no story. I I can tell three stories about you. Exactly. (laughs) I could tell three Nick stories right now, and only one of them involves you crashing, filming yourself crashing.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the weather is going to be like, but I got a 50th birthday coming up in February. Oh, wow. I don't know how to celebrate that in any meaningful way other than, I don't know. Well, maybe that could trip out to the farm or something, or uh, do that. Let's burn something else down. Yeah. And then, <laughs> well, then okay. my,
4: and then, my John. In May. John, when that I turned fifty, it took me about ten days to celebrate it.
0: <laughs> so here's a tip for uh, a tip from your Yankee Phil. I had a discussion today with one of my customers who's a firefighter, and I explained the situation uh, about what happened, and he says, "Okay, well, here's what you do." He says, you take the cinder blocks and you make a 30-foot ring with the cinder blocks. <laughs> so you make a 30, not around the barn, but you make a 30-foot ring with the cinder blocks right next to the barn. Real close. Mm-hmm. So that all you have to physically do is just move the barn into the ring. So if you have a ring of cinder blocks, then that's a campfire. But the trick is, it has to have a ring around it. And that's why they put around, that's why they even put out our small fire. Mm-hmm. So... They're they're funny
6: oh. about it being in a fire pit. Yeah, there were plenty of cinder blocks there. So,
0: but they were in the wrong
6: place. In configuration. right, right. They were stacked up, and they yeah. need to be spread, need to spread out around. Right? Yeah, and there, there we were plenty cinder of
0: cinder blocks too. So. so if we go there and we do another what we did last week, and we just move cinder blocks into a circle, then we can just start feeding that circle. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we're just having a campfire.
1: Yeah. Well, I amazing. really want to have a rally there. I mean, I really, really want to have a rally there.
3: I, I, think, has really rally
2: there. I think everybody here really, really, really wants to have a rally.
3: Oh yeah. <laughs> looking at it, it's like you could have at least forty like little campsites, you know, car tent, car tent, yep. all the way around the whole perimeter of it. I mean yeah. you could put saying of- invite the misfits.
1: Yeah. Have them fly in, pick them up, bring them out there, have them a, give them a place to stay. Right. You know, ask the people, Patreon, and anybody who listens, mm-hmm. hey, if you want to come out, come out. We'll have a party for a couple days. We'll have a good time. We'll ride around. We'll do, do a couple of rides. Yep. We have plenty of bikes for everybody. And then
0: we'll go home and tell stories about it. Yep. Instead, of, instead of AMA Vintage Days, it'll be Cleveland Moto Debauchery days right you know? yeah right I agree yeah it's I, love a, it. it's a, I mean if if things are changing and we get to the point where it's September and everything's still shut down, I think we should just pull the trigger and just do it yeah. you know yeah, and just do it as a as a make it whatever the fuck you want it to be, but we'll be there, there'll be fire, there'll be drinks, there'll be tents, there'll be dirt bikes, you know there'll be motorcycles. We'll, we'll go but for rides and there will
1: be roman twists there <laughs>
0: yes there will because i can make one i mean i can make i can, it turns out i can make one roman twist or i can make 70 roman twists it's just having the ingredients set up yeah. and there'll probably be some devil's lettuce hanging out you know just yeah. <laughs> that's it so that's a good thing well that's fantastic guys it was like a podcast yeah. uh anybody that got anything else Fuck it. That was the promotions. Ride fast, take chances.